Hello, everybody. This is a special edition of the Average Joe's podcast coming to you tonight. We are going to do our first ever one-round mock draft for the 2020 NFL draft that's coming up a week tonight. Um, I, boys, I believe this is the first time we're doing a weekday show, is it not? Sure is. Yes, it is. Nice. All right, cool. Really looking forward to this. we got some interesting topics to discuss. But uh, first off, I'd like to introduce our new uh, co-host for the night, Kyle. He is our resident Raiders fan, and he's going to be picking along with Jake for our mock draft tonight. Jake, what do you have to say about Kyle? Oh, man, he's awesome. He's been a great, great friend of mine the last seven years. You know, we usually get together for the draft. That's always been a tradition of ours, obviously, with everything going on right now. You know, it sucks that we won't be able to next next Thursday, but diehard Raiders fan, a blast to be around, and I'm just thrilled to have him on. I mean, you can still Kyle, get together. You... you just have to be six feet away from him. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's good to be here. Thanks, Kyle. Kyle how you doing? Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for coming. Um, so real quick before we get into our mock draft, unfortunately, we do have to talk about some NASCAR news that happened the other night. So uh, Kyle Larson doing an iRacing event, um, slipped up, if you want to call it that, and used a racial slur. Uh, next day, sponsors started dropping like flies, McDonald's, uh, Credit One, backing out left and right. And then the following day, he was fired and removed of his duties from Chip Ganassi Racing. Um, Dale, I'm going to turn it over to you first, since you are a resident Kyle Larson fan. Um, first off, how did this situation strike you? And did you agree with the decision to part ways with Larson? So first off with, you know, how did it strike me? It definitely is the right decision for how it went down. Um, but the one thing people need to realize a little bit of, um, how this actually happened. Um, you know, these guys are NASCAR drivers are doing this iRacing event. They're not used to being playing video games. Well, I know we won't call iRacing a video game, but, um, you know, you're on multiple voice channels. They may have Discord going. They have the in-car stuff going. They have the TV channel going. And it is easy to slip up and hit the wrong voice chat button to get to the wrong channel. Um, unfortunately, when he did that, he said some rather uh, inappropriate things that probably should have not been said. Um, but, you know, he's already apologized. You if you watch the video, you can tell he's crying. Um, Willie T. Ribs has reached out to him, told him he'll take him under his wing, basically help him out, and knows he didn't mean it in the way it was said and everything. So it's good to see some people reaching out to him and making sure he's all right. And um, he started the sensitivity training yesterday, so I'm not sure how long NASCAR is going to make him go through that for or what that's going to entail. Um but I definitely see within the next, I'd say probably the next couple of months, hopefully he'll be back on the track. So Dale, I'm not really too familiar with the iRacing uh, platform. Are you saying that he basically could have pressed a different button and been on a uh, private channel where this would have gone unnoticed? Absolutely. That's exactly what happened because you're on multiple channels when you're doing it. And not only via iRacing, um, like I mentioned, a program called Discord. Uh, similar to like what we're doing right here, where you can record and talk to your friends outside of the game. You have that right. down to a different key on your keyboard or your steering wheel or whatever. If you listen to the whole video, first thing he says is, hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah. And then the next thing said is when he drops, you know, what happened. And 
he obviously didn't realize he was on all voice chat because actually when you go into iRacing, there's the crew chat where you can be with you and your spotter and then there's all drivers and then there's, I believe, a third channel inside the program as well. So you're talking all these things are probably right next to each other usually is how people bind them. So it's very easy to mess something up. Um, and since then, I don't know if any of you guys have watched anything on Twitch or anything, but uh, I follow Garrett Smithley on there, and I've been watching some mm-hmm. of his racing since then. He has turned off all voice chat for the Twitch channel. So prior to this even happening, the, you would be able to hear what the other drivers are saying and everything during the race. Now the drivers are kind of getting a little wiser to that and turning that off on their channel. And I mean, these races have happened in the past where who knows what has been said, but nobody was watching it then. And now it's just a big thing. And I mean, again, though, not, not <clears throat> saying that what he did was right, but it is something that's easily done. And who knows how many times somebody else has done it as well. Yeah, it's a real unfortunate mistake to make to, to lose your job that way. But like you said, the punishment definitely had to be handed down. Um, Jake, what are your thoughts on the situation? Yeah, I, I was really the first one that noticed that Sunday night, and it was all over Twitter. And that's the thing that the age that we live in nowadays with social media and how you have all this content available, especially at a downtime like this, obviously Chip Ganassi, NASCAR, McDonald's, Credit One, First Data, they did what they had to do. And I did feel that Larson's apology was sincere. It was genuine. And I think that he will definitely get a second chance again. Who knows whenever that'll be. But, you know, from Chip Ganassi's perspective, it was either, hey, keep Kyle Larson or lose all these sponsors and lose out on potentially $20, $30 million and having to shut a team down and have people out of work. So he pretty much had no choice, you know, as far as what he had to do. So, Right. Tim, what did you think about how it went down? Um, I think, you know, it sucks what he did. You know, mistakes happen. Everybody makes mistakes. You can't tell me not one NASCAR driver ever has never said words like that. It's just, you know, he slipped up or whatever. But uh, my opinion, I think the apology video, I don't think that was sincere. He knew he was in trouble. And he needed to apologize, and he knew he had to do it. So I don't think he was – to me, it didn't seem it was like he was in, uh, sincere about it. Oh, I just got that vibe. He was crying for hours from yeah, you, and, like, I, but, I just don't I, – I think it was rehearsed personally. But, I mean, it sucks that, you know, what happened. But I think he's going to get picked up from Stewart possibly next year, you guys said? Mark, yeah, words, I could – Even before next year. He will have a contract oh, really? with Stuart Haas, and if it's not racing in Cup by the end of this year, he'll be racing in something else for Stuart Haas. And I've been saying it all along. That's where he ended up next year anyway. It gives him the better right. opportunity now and does not have to worry about feeling bad because Chip gave him the chance and let him do the dirt racing. So Right. And, I mean, yeah. we even talked about the other day, and I said, uh, you know, any – other word besides that one mm-hmm. does he lose his job yeah tim you, you bring up a very very good point there and dale to, to elaborate on your point a little bit that's the other thing too was not only all the sponsors but chevrolet how chevrolet cut all their ties with, with kyle larson as well 
and obviously going over to a Ford team next year, it would obviously give you a fresh start. And there's another guy that comes to mind, and that's Kurt Busch. I'm sure you all remember how Pennzoil pressured Roger Penske to fire Kurt Busch after his outburst at Miami at the end of 2011. And, you know, everyone said, oh, how is Kurt Busch going to find sponsors? Well, Gene Haas, you know, he funded that team out of his own pocket, and I'm sure he'd do the same thing for Kyle Larson, too. He's funding the 41, basically, Haas yeah. CNC. So mm-hmm. just move that yeah. sponsorship over to Kyle Larson, <laughs> give it a year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, even think back to someone else that we're all forgetting about here is A.J. Allmendinger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He went through that drug issue and came back with Penske. Granted, it didn't work out as great mm-hmm. as – most people had hoped for him, but he was still given that second chance. And to me, that's worse than saying a word. You know, you're putting other drivers' lives at risk being on the track versus just saying something. And then, you know, I mean, obviously you're offending people, right. but that's feelings, not a Who, Which one of us? Which? Sorry, Josh. You know what I, I... I will say the one aspect where I kind of agree with Tim as far as the video apology goes is the fact that he made it. And Dale, you pointed this out to me. I didn't even notice it at first, but the fact that he made it 42 seconds and the way I, the way I feel like that may take away from the sincerity of the apology is that some people, myself included, may look at that as a shameless plug for the race team. Um, I, I think if you're issuing a sincere apology like that, there shouldn't be any time limit on it. You should just sit down record the message and not read from a sheet of paper which I don't know if he did or not, but that's beside the fact. I just feel like the fact that he made it 42 seconds long on purpose is probably going to take a little well, bit away from the apology, at least for me. I, I mean, there's there's no saying it was on True. purpose. That I, I literally just said, wow. Oh, there's no true. doubt, though. It's got to be. I, I don't – I don't listening to it and everything, it's not scripted to be like a 42-second thing. I, I purely think that was coincidence. I just think that's too coincidental to say that it isn't. I don't know. That's just my opinion, but I think he did it on purpose, and I think it takes away from the sincerity of the apology. Everything else I thought was fine, whether you read it from a teleprompter or a piece of paper, he can't tell because he's looking at the camera, and you can definitely tell he's gone through the full gamut of emotions before that, but I don't know. I just think making it 42 seconds long is, is a shameless mm-hmm. plug for the race team. That was now, unnecessary. now, the one thing that has come out in probably the last hour, I don't know if anybody else has seen it, but um, Bubba Wallace has released a statement. Yeah. Um, saying he's essentially within minutes of it happening. Kyle Larson was texting him. Um, Bubba did not reply um, until after multiple phone calls the next day. Bubba actually FaceTimed him to see him face-to-face and actually talk to him, not just hearing his right. voice and everything. And Bubba basically said, you know, what he did is wrong. He doesn't condone it whatsoever, but he's still not going to give up on him. He He knows – what he did was wrong and he in a roundabout way accepts it and just wants to move on and hope that his career can uh, move on as well at this point. So the other aspect of this that I talked to you guys in the text messages about the other night was we know for years now, Kyle Larson has been rumored to try to get out of the NASCAR uh, series for a while now early to go back to his dirt racing, which we all know he loves and his sponsors have backed him on this, even through this uh, situation. But I'm not saying he did this on purpose, so don't misconstrue what I'm saying. But I feel like this could possibly be a way for him to maybe go that route. I think he'll come back to NASCAR for sure. There's too much money on the table to not come back. But 
I feel like this could possibly be that avenue to get out of the Cup Series and go back to his roots and his love of dirt racing. Yeah, for sure, Josh. Kyle Larson's going to be 28 years old in July, and he made the comment, I think it was last year, saying that eventually he would like to get back to dirt racing full-time sometime in his 30s. And people have given him so much crap about the love that he has for dirt racing and how, Dale, you said like when he won the Chili Bowl, how much it meant even more than, than the Daytona 500. That's his Daytona 500 and all the crap that he caught for that. So, Well, I mean, truthfully, a... oh, sorry, what I was going to no, say is, uh, truthfully, I, I'm one of the ones that has given him crap about it because personally, I think a lot of times he does spend too much time on that dirt track. Yeah. During the week, during everything, you know, where you can be at the shop talking to the team, honing in those setups. And Larson's one of those guys that <clears throat> he finishes second a ton. So maybe if yeah. he spent those couple extra hours there at the at the shop with the team, mm-hmm. there could have been some improvements. And, you know, maybe some of those second place finishes turn into wins. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, you know, six wins compared to what is it, like 19, 20 second place finishes? Yep. If you weren't spending so many Tuesdays and Wednesday nights out on dirt, you know? No, don't get me wrong. So that's he- one of the things that has helped his racing style yeah. tremendously because he drives a loose car and can keep it close to the wall without hitting it. But, again, it's the other aspect of this, Josh, like you're saying about the moving to dirt, um, Chevy was one of his big dirt sponsors for his team, so it's going to actually impact his sprint car team with uh, uh, what's his name, Cameron Masayu, I think. So that's going to hurt him. Finley Farms has said that they will stand by him, but that's pretty much the only one that has come out to say that right now they're staying with him, other than like Plan B, which is a really small diecast place. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but all these guys, they deserve a second chance. Most of them have got it. Hell, even Jeremy Mayfield got a second chance. So, yeah, you know, it'll get better. Um, I think this is probably the best time that this could happen for him because we got a couple months before anything that's going to happen, any more racing that's probably going to take place. So you can get through that uh, sensitivity training. Um, World of Outlaws gave him 30 days to get through that for him to yeah. remain in the sport. Uh, NASCAR, I haven't seen anything with timetables, but um, yeah, Bob Pocker said on average the sensitivity training takes about two to four weeks. Okay, so we're basically talking a month both ways, and then it's up to a team to sign them. And you know, I never put this in a chat or anything, but one of the teams that comes to mind is uh, Front Row. You know, yeah. they went down to two cars this year. They can easily – they still have the cars, obviously, for running three teams last year. A team like that could benefit big time, just like Furniture Row did with Kurt Busch and Truex, mm-hmm. to bring somebody in like that that can really wheel a car and, you know, might not have the sponsorship money, but gives them the opportunity to get out there and run some races. Yeah, for sure. So this is where I'm going to start steering the conversation a little towards the topic of the draft tonight and bring Kyle in on this and see if he has any thoughts. But my, you, as we know with situations like this, talent always wins out. If you're a talented driver or player or whatever it is, you're going to get a second chance. There's no doubt about it. And I'm not saying Kyle Larson is talented by any means, but he, uh, uh, to me he's a mediocre driver, so I think he's going to have a hard time getting a premier ride right off the bat. If you go back and look at a recent NFL example, you have – 
Ray Rice, whose career was basically on the downside, did what he did. It was on uh, film and everything. Never got a second chance to play in the NFL again versus a guy like Greg Hardy, who did virtually the same thing, pictures, all that. Um, Cowboys brought him in. He had a mediocre season, and his career was basically over after that. But he did get that second chance because he had a great season the last time he was on the field. So despite both equal situations for the most part, um, one got a second chance, the other one didn't. I think Kyle will, but I think he'll have to earn his way back into it with a smaller team. Um, our, our Kyle, did you have any thoughts about the situation or have you followed this I mean, at all? I haven't, I haven't really followed it. Um, you know, Jake told me what happened. Um, and I kind of read a couple headlines about it, but you know, in my experience in, in watching similar situations happen in sports over the years, um, a lot of times when the, you know, the athletes or, or the pros get in front of the camera and they do these apologies, you know, sincere or not, in reality, a lot of times it's the lawyers or the agents writing these apologies for them. So it is scripted. Right. It's very carefully, you know, surgically put together. So they say all the right things. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a business, you know, NASCAR is a business and their their cars run on advertising dollars, you know, all the advertisements on their cars and I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of companies would pull back and uh, wouldn't be as forgiving as maybe some of the fans. So, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about it. I don't know. That's just my, my opinion on, on it for knowing very little. So. Right. And Jake, you said it pretty well yourself that, you know, Chip Ganassi had a decision to make. It was either his race team or, you know, getting rid of Kyle Larson and keeping all that sponsorship. So. Um, the one last thing I wanted to just talk about real quick to tie all this up is we immediately jumped to the conversation about who takes over the 42 when racing gets back. Um, I think we all speculated that it would be Ross Chastain, but of course he's still doing Ryan Newman's duties. We don't know if he's cleared to race or not, or if he'll be back when we get back to racing. So did you guys have any thoughts on who the replacement could possibly be there at the 42? Well, I mean, it would be natural. I think it'd be Ross Chastain if these were normal circumstances, but the, the name that I heard, uh, Jim Utter said it the other day on Twitter, apparently it's Jamie McMurray. And Jamie, you know, he retired. He does the TV work with Fox. He does a hell of a job with Fox. But they said one of the – Jim Utter said one of the deciding factors is Jamie has very, very good relationships with McDonald's, with Credit One Bank, with Chef Ganassi and Chevrolet and that team. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's the one that's back – that's driving the 42 when things get back going. Right. Tim, how about you? You have any thoughts on who's going to no, take that right over? No, as soon as uh, Jake brought up uh, Ross Chastain uh, the other day, um, I mean, that's where my head has been since then. I, I, I could see him run the 42. Right. Dale, who do you hope gets that right? So, obviously, I hope Ross Chastain, being that he's already under a Ganassi contract and they kind of just loaned him out. Um, but – you know, what would be really cool if we saw come out of this is something like one of those drivers that have been excelling in iRacing right now that doesn't have really any chance with a bigger team just to give them a shot and see what could happen. Like someone like, like a Timmy Hill. Yeah. Um, yeah. He doesn't have the sponsorship money. He doesn't have a lot of that stuff to bring to the table of, of these other drivers, but he's been out there for years on the track and um, it'd be interesting to see what he could do in like a top tier car. Because think about Matty D. Same thing with him. Nobody would have given him that opportunity, right. and he kind of excelled with it so far. So I'm always glad to see. 
Uh, sorry, Josh, go ahead. I was just going to say I'm gl- always glad to see hardworking guys catch big breaks, and I said this in the text the other day. Over the last 12 to 24 months, has anybody caught bigger breaks than Ross Chastain? He started the year in the 77. Newman gets hurt at Daytona. He takes over that six car and now possibly the replacement in the 42. Obviously, he put in the work. He, he, he ran every race in multiple series over the last few years. But, man, I'll tell you, if he doesn't make the most of this opportunity, he can't right. say he didn't get it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's he's taken something out of nothing the last few years with the equipment that he's been given. And what a what an amazing story that would be for him to take over the 42 permanently. And, Dale, you're going to love this. A uh, buddy of mine that I went to school with, Larry Spencer, he's been saying on Twitter that he hopes Timmy Hill gets a shot Great at name. 42. That'd be cool. All right, you guys ready to do some drafting here to break up the news yeah. a little bit? Hell yeah! Okay. One type of drafting. All right. Type of drafting. What was that, Jay, Adele? Go from one type of drafting to a different type of drafting. Yeah, exactly. So, real quick, to let our listeners know how we're going to run this, um, we're all putting our GM caps on. We've all been assigned uh, eight teams total. Kyle and Jake are going to pick together tandemly. Um, we all assigned ourselves our own team. So Dale gets the Redskins. I'll get the Cowboys. And of course the Steelers don't have a draft pick. So Jake and uh, Tim won't be able to select theirs, but Kyle will get the Raiders. So um, we randomly selected eight picks with the exception of our own teams. We're going to alternate back and forth, make some picks here, talk about them a little bit and see what kind of team we end up with here. Yeah, bear with us. Started? Yes, sir. Bear with us on this one. <laughs> yeah. We, families and work and everything we certainly don't have enough time to watch tape on all these guys but we know a little bit about their college careers especially the top guys and uh excited to do this i know a lot of us were looking forward to the show yeah, this is legitimately now. my first nfl draft like fantasy like kind of fantasy mock draft so take it easy on take it easy it on me right. oh good 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 all right so right off the bat obviously um i got the Bengals. So I got the number one overall pick here. Um, I said I wasn't going to try to talk myself out of this pick, but uh, obviously all the mock drafts are taking Joe Burrow number one. I thought about possibly Chase Young, but I don't really think the Bengals' need for a a defensive end is is really there quite right now. Um, The only thing I do want to say is that Zach Taylor, their head coach, if he has another season like he did last year, he might be getting canned. So for him to take a chance on a rookie quarterback and possibly even start in week one, is a risky proposition, but of course he's not the GM, so it's got to be the guy making the decisions there. Um, so I'm going to take Joe Burrow, number one. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much a no-brainer. I think Andy Dalton, his time in Cincinnati, it's definitely run its course. I mean, what did he really accomplish there anyway? And and that's the thing, Zach Taylor, this is definitely a make-or-break year. He had such an amazing time with the Rams, what he accomplished there. But, uh, yeah, Joe Burrow, 60 touchdowns last year. It, it was the most incredible college season I've ever seen. Honestly, if there was a better free agent market as far as quarterbacks go, I might take Chase Young. But when it's Jameis Winston and Cam Newton, it's like, okay, right. I can't really go with that. So, Kivy, you're up at number two with the Redskins. All right. So, obviously, you know, I'm not sold on the Redskins quarterback situation. But since you're uh, taking Bur- Burrow off the board already – um, that plays my hand, so I got to go with the boys. Oh. Defense is definitely what the Redskins need. Um, offense is, you know, all right, but still not sold on any of their quarterbacks. But I don't think Haskins is going to shape out to be what they need him to be. So I would seriously 
take Jamison Winston over him right now. So, but I will take Chase Young with the number two pick. All right. That's yeah. And as far as the Redskins go, they're kind of stuck with the bed that they made. Now they got it. To me, they got to give Haskins another year, a fair shot with a fresh new start with a coach and also, I don't know. I, I'm not saying he's the answer either, but I think he deserves at least another chance. You know, I, I'm kind of with you on that, but in a way, I hope I see something in the preseason where, you know, it's him and was it Kyle Allen now? I think they just picked up too. Yeah. yeah. Those two going head to head and whoever actually wins it gets the job because Haskin was kind of thrust into the mold last year with, you know, what the situations and stuff there. So I just don't think he's ready. Yeah, I go back to 2016 when Dak Prescott was slated to be the Cowboys' third-string quarterback. Tony Romo goes down, and next thing you know, he leads him to a 13-3 and record. So you never know. Yeah, well, when you win your first game, you can't even make it back to the huddle because you're taking selfies. <laughs> yeah. That, that kind of stands out for me. Yeah, yeah. taking selfies with, with the fans <laughs> at FedEx Field. <laughs> Real quick before we go any further, I did tell my buddy Johnny Glow, who was the host of uh, the Wrestling and Whatever podcast, friend of ours, I would go through his mock draft that he sent me the other day, and his first two picks were identical as well. He took Burrow with Cincinnati and then took Chase Young with the uh, Redskins mm-hmm. there. So right on track with Johnny Glow's uh, expert right. selections. <laughs> so, Timmy, you're up with the Detroit Lions. Um, I see uh, there's uh, Jeff Okuda, who's a cornerback for from Ohio State. I am a big fan of the Big Ten. Um so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Jeff Okuda. To me, that is a, the draft. That is a solid, yeah. solid pick right there. And Kyle, you and I had that discussion last week. It was a no-brainer after they yeah, traded away Darius well, to the Eagles. Come on, there come on. Could have went anywhere else. Well, like me and Josh said earlier. Uh, actually, I think it was before we were. Uh, I talked to Josh on the phone. We were. Uh, I was trying to pull draft day uh, trades. He uh he wouldn't he wouldn't go for it. Hmm. That's the other thing yeah, I tried. Huh? The other thing I forgot to mention is undoubtedly there will be trades. We've already heard rumors about the Atlanta Falcons trying to move up for certain players, but uh, we will not be doing any trades in this draft. We're going to sit in there and, and take the picks as they come. Uh, but yeah, Tim Okuda is a good pick, and I will say, hated to see Darius Slay go to the NFC East because whenever he plays Amari Cooper, he has a good day against him. So, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? All right, Jake and Kyle, you guys are up at number four with the Giants. Yeah, buddy. So, Kyle and I, we talked a lot about the New York Giants, and the one problem that they have always had over the past couple of years is their offensive line, Eli Manning, Daniel Jones. I mean, they pretty much just just got killed out there last year. So, with the fourth pick, we are going to take Jedrick Wills, offensive tackle from Alabama. Jedrick? Oh, okay. Willis? Or oh, Wills got you. Wills, okay. Wills, yeah, uh, six foot four, yeah, three twelve. He's a little guy. small guy. He'd be better if he was three eleven. <laughs> that. <laughs> so I told Tim. I told Tim on our pre-draft conference that we had before this. I told him that this is where the draft gets interesting because the Giants are really the first team that I think has the potential to take a pick that we haven't really talked about. Um, Johnny Glow has him taking Derek Brown from Auburn, the defensive tackle. So. This is where the tides tend to break a little bit. Now, I will say I do trust Johnny Glow's opinion with football better than that. Oh, uh, don't suck up to him now, Dave. Is that an apology? Don't suck up to him now. 
Kyle, any input on the pick so far? uh, Wills, I think, is a perfect fit for New York Giants. I mean, like Jake said, you know, they had offensive line woes since, like, Eli Manning was behind center. And they need to start getting, you know, Saquon Barkley more involved. And, uh, you know, they have a new quarterback. Wills is um, super versatile. Um, I think he'll be able to to open up holes for Saquon. Um, It was a toss-up between – um, but I think at the end of the day, Wills is the, the most elite offensive tackle. Yeah. I'll tell you what got me pretty excited the other day. I was, I was uh, listening to Landon Collins. I know he's not a giant anymore, but he said he'd rather tackle uh, Saquon instead of Zeke. So that was pretty exciting to hear that. <laughs> All right. Fifth overall, I got the Dolphins. It's time to make things interesting. <laughs> to me – this is a no-brainer. It might not be to you Don't guys, but I think with the number five pick, the Dolphins take Tua Tungaviola out of Alabama. Ooh. Yeah. Now, Ryan Fitzpatrick is still under contract, correct? Yeah, one-year contract, I believe, Josh. All right, so my plan as GM of the Miami Dolphins is I'm trotting Fitzpatrick out there again for another 16 games, maybe a 7-9 to nine season, but by next year, the hip will be fully healed. And Tua's ready to take Can we just take a – yeah. They also have Josh. What was that, Kyle? So they True. Yeah, I don't have much. I don't have much faith in him, but I do like Fitzpatrick as a competitor, and uh, I think Tua will learn a lot from sitting behind him for a little while and just let that um, hip recover a little more. So Johnny Glow with that pick took Jordan Love. A little high Ooh. for me, but that was his pick there. I was going to say, can we? Uh... All right, Dale. I was awesome. gonna, can we take a, a, ahead, a moment to give a round of applause to the Miami Dolphins for getting three draft picks in the first round this year? That's insane. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, they're going to yeah. need them because they, other than the win against the Patriots and Eagles last year, they mm-hmm. had a pretty terrible season. So. Yeah, but I mean, they kind of turned things around. It's, yeah, they, they really did. The trash. They really were. Yeah, I mean, when you think of it, when you think of it, that was pretty much the end of the Tom Brady Patriots era right then and there, beating them up in Foxborough week 17. If not for that, Kansas City was going to have to play. I, mean, I lost a lot of money on that right. Patriots-Miami game. <laughs> sure did, Tim. So really you quick. just mm-hmm. that day, I remember. No. Before we move on, just to review, number one, Joe Burrow goes to the Cincinnati Bengals quarterback out of LSU. Chase Young, defensive end from Ohio State, goes number two to the Redskins. Number three, Jeff Okuda, corner from Ohio State, goes to the Detroit Lions. New York Giants select offensive tackle from Alabama, Jedrick Wills. And Tua Tunga-Viola, quarterback from Alabama, goes number five to the Dolphins. Dale, you are up with number six of the Chargers. Oh, boy. So, Josh, you kind of played my hand here. I was going to hope Tua fell down to me at six here, but... Hey, Johnny took him in, in the mock draft that he did at six, so it's not oh, wow. too far-fetched. No, I, I don't think two is the right guy for uh, for the Chargers, though. It just Chargers, for me, I just see that gunslinging quarterback. And for me, what that comes down to is Jake Fromm out of Georgia. Ooh. Ow. Baby. Um, they do have Tyrod. You're not sold on Tyrod Taylor? Try hard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Call, call me crazy, but I've always liked Tyrod Taylor. I think he's a heck of a quarterback. Oh, I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I just, I don't, 
I'm just not sold on him as a starter. I think he's a great, you know, number two. And I just Jake Fromm reminds me a lot about a lot of Philip Rivers, so that's why I'm going with that for uh, my pick here with the Chargers. I don't hate it. I actually I like yeah I like Jake Fromm myself. I don't I don't know if it's a pick I would have made, but I don't mind Jake Fromm. Okay, Tim, is it you with the um, Panthers now? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah you I'm, got the I'm Panthers. looking. Uh, God, they need a they need a few. Um. You know what? I think I'm going to go uh, from Wisconsin, from the Big Ten linebacker, Zach Bond. Oh, that's a great pick, man. Wow. That is a great pick. I think he's one of the best players in the draft, if I'm going to be honest with you guys. Zach? And Yeah, I think it might be a little early to take him here, but I don't care. It's He's a, he's a good player. All right. 6.5 overall grade, according to this right. predictor that we're using. So 6'2", 238. All right, Cardinals, Kyle and Jake. Yeah. Kyle, I know you're pretty uh, pretty. It's, uh, selection. Don't we you? agreed on Chris, Christian Wirfs, right? Offense. Oh, no, it was actually uh, Beckton from Louisville. We got to get on the same page here. Mm. Well, okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, Beckton. I would actually. I. I like Beckton better yeah. anyway because I mean, the dude's a beast. He's like six foot seven, like three hundred and like he's a monster. Um, and with Kyler Murray, they have all this brand new. You know, they have um, like, you know, they're they're loaded on offense, and they're going to need uh, they're going to need some reinforcements on the offensive line, and this guy's. 364 pounds. Yeah. yeah, he's he's yeah, he's it. Yeah, 364. And that's the thing, Kyle. Like you said, obviously, Kyler Murray. That's your your future, your franchise, your investment. You have to protect him. And and I, dude, I still can't believe that Bill O'Brien let DeAndre Hopkins out the door. You know, so you yeah. definitely got to build up on that offensive line. So Beckton's the pick. Yes, sir. All right, cool. So Johnny Glow took three quarterbacks in a row. He took uh, Jordan Love to Miami, two of the Chargers, Justin Herbert to the Panthers, and then he took uh, Jedrick Williams to the Cardinals there. That's okay, so Beckton to yeah. the Cardinals. Yep. Copy, okay. Correct, yep. Yeah. All right, now my Jacksonville my Jackson Jaguars. Jill Jaguars. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Um You know what? I can't believe he's still on the board here. It's not listed as a need for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I'm not really sure how no. you pass this up. Oh. Taking Isaiah Simmons. Oh, Great nice, pick. man. I, I think he's a he's a top five player. I don't think he's there at nine, but uh yeah. Six five or what am I looking at here? Isaiah Simmons. Six four. Okay. Yeah, I have Derek yeah. Brown up, my bad. But yeah, for a linebacker, I mean that size and speed. Out of Clemson, I, I got to go with that. Him and Miles Jack there in Jacksonville, that could be – you know, I, I don't understand what they're doing with these moves to get rid of Jalen Ramsey and that, but um, got to gotta rebuild it, yeah. I guess, somehow. Yeah, I was going to say they, they pretty much uh, – I was going to say there's nothing left of that defensive line. Calais Campbell, he's now in Baltimore, and uh, 
Nindakwe is saying that he wants out of out of Jacksonville. So I right. think it's probably I think they're definitely going to be at the bottom of the barrel in the AFC. Yeah, and the Jaguars love the blitz, right? no doubt. So, Isaiah yeah. Simmons would actually be a good fit. It's just interesting that there's so many linebackers like projected yeah. to go in the first round. I don't, I don't ever remember this many. Like, what is there five or six linebackers projected to go in the first? Right, and I mean to be fair, some of these guys are tweeners. Like, uh, Caleb Von Chason, he's listed as a linebacker, but if he goes to a four-three team like the Cowboys, yeah. <laughs> he could be a defensive end. <laughs> so. All right, Dale, you're up with the Cleveland Browns, number 10. All right, so all I could picture with the Cleveland Browns is just Baker <laughs> running for his life most of the time. So <laughs> with that, I'm going to go with Tristan Wirfs nice. out of Iowa. I just think he's, you know, that bigger frame than Andrew Thomas. Um, I know he's rated higher and everything, but I think yep. Tristan, you know, being a state champ as a wrestler, he's going to have that ability to – give Baker some more time than uh, Thomas there. So that's my right. pick. Yeah, and and uh, Worfs and Thomas are right there. They're pretty much right next to each other. So. Yeah, they're neck and neck in grades. Right. And Johnny actually took them. Did he take Worfs as well? Yeah, he took Worfs with that pick also. He gave the Jaguars Jake Fromm. Not not gonna buy that one. I mean, I I think they're gonna roll Gardner Minshew for at least another year, but just to sell jerseys. <laughs> I mean, Minshew Mania, man. Right? Yeah, no doubt. And you can't take anything away from Minshew. He did great with that team. True. Okay, so I know you guys aren't up with the Jets, but it's uh, <laughs> is it me? Yeah. Oh, no, Tim, yeah. you got the Jets. <laughs> All right, uh, so I'm going to go with uh, DeAndre Swift out of Georgia, running back. Running back. Yep. Nice. Oh, yeah. so we're only one round, so I got yeah, to take everybody, you know? Yeah. I was going to say Le'Veon Bell did not get the nope, job done. Nope, not the even close. What did he end up with, like Dude. one touchdown, was it? Three, Dale. Three. Three. And he didn't have a single 100-yard game the entire year. So yeah, like let's let's leave Pittsburgh and go to the Jets for less money and a much crappier offensive line. Oh yeah, sense, doesn't it? Now the other thing though, uh, Darnold was hurt most of the, well, not hurt, sick well, most of the year too. So. Yeah, he was sick, but they did have a very very strong finish to 2019. I think they finished like six and two or something like that. All right, so. DeAndre Swift to the Jets. Well, this is going to take a little getting used to, but I'm promising myself I'm going to get it right the first time. 12th pick, Las Vegas Raiders. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how do you you feel about that, Kyle? Um, Las Vegas. So, Las Vegas Raiders. (laughs) Historically, the Raiders are, uh, you know, a lot of head-scratching picks, so. When when I when I sit here and I'm like thinking about who the Raiders might take, I just like remove logic and reason from the equation. <laughs> and I guess it doesn't matter who the GM is, who the coach is. It's just like Clee Farrell, like fourth overall last year, was just I couldn't believe it. So, um, for this pick, they really need a wide receiver. The Raiders have always coveted speed. Al Davis loved speed, so. 
there's three really good wide receivers on the board, but I think they're going to take Henry Ruggs from uh, from Alabama. Oh, yeah. He's blazing fast speed. It's what John yep. Gruden loves. They already have a bigger body wide receiver in Tyrell Williams. So, And they have um, uh, a fast uh, tight end. So I think Henry Ruggs is, is the pick. Kyle, I'm curious why Ruggs and not C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy. 40 yard dash. Um, that's like super fast. Um, I think they're gonna. It is. They're gonna. Take I don't know if you overall. Go ahead. So a crazy stat that I saw at the NFL Combine. I'm not trying to change your pick or anything, but they said no sub four three wide receiver in the last 20 years has caught Raiders for a thousand yard season. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Darius Hayward Bateman. Yeah, Josh, that's that's the great thing is so last year, last year when the Raiders took a Cleveland Farrell from Clemson, Kyle texted me immediately. I mean, they the took, Raiders they took a year, <laughs> year before, and I had a Google. Who like, the guy was. Like, he was like, yeah, yeah, that's that was a scratcher. So. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, so here's the funny thing. So that draft, so that draft, it was me, Kyle, and uh Megan, his wife. Like we were we were all watching it together and we're sitting there and Goodell announces it's Colt Miller and Kyle says to me, he's like, I've never even heard of this guy before. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, drafting, I was... real quick, drafting Darius Hayward Bay, like seventh overall yeah, when he was projected to go like in like mm-hmm. seventh round. I could go on and on. <laughs> It's... <laughs> I'll tell you what, Rolando McClain, when he was yeah, with the Cowboys, when he could stay on the field, there. he was a hell of a player. To get there, but, I mean, last year the Raiders did yeah. do pretty well. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs should have been Offensive Player of the Year, or Rookie of the Year, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, rookie so. of the Year, yeah. Yeah, he had a heck of a well, season. I, I like Henry Ruggs, though. I think that would be a good pick regardless. So – Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't even mind seeing the Cowboys take them, but not if Judy or CeeDee Lamb's on the board. I'm taking those guys first. Um, so just to review, Johnny Glow with the Jets pick took Jerry Judy, wide receiver from Alabama, and he had the Vegas Raiders take him at Kai Becton. No. So probably wouldn't complain about that pick, would you, Kyle? Nope. No. Um, all right, so 49ers are up. It's my pick. This is a pick from Indianapolis that they acquired in a trade. Just to go back through the first 12 picks here, Joe Burrow goes number one to Cincinnati, Chase Young to the Redskins, Jeff Okuda to the Lions, Jedrick Willis to the Giants, Tango Viola to the Dolphins, Jake Fromm to the Chargers, Zach Bond to the Panthers, Mekhi Becton to the Cardinals, Isaiah Simmons to the Jags, uh, Tristan Wurst to the Browns, DeAndre Swift to the Jets, and Henry Ruggs third to the Las Vegas Raiders. Um. This is a pretty easy pick for me, I think. I am going to take for the 49ers wide receiver, Jerry Judy. Yeah, that is a very, very easy pick, Josh, because the thing is, let's not forget, Emmanuel Sanders just signed with New Orleans Saints. And as good of, as great of a season as the 49ers have had, the one thing that they lack depth in is receiver. Right. And it kind of showed in the Super Bowl a little bit when they had to make some plays at the end to get the ball down the field, and it was pretty much just Kittle, and that was about it. Um, 
to me, Jerry Judy's the best receiver in the class. Uh, it's kind of like a fantasy draft here. We got the run on receivers going. I don't think the next team's going to take one, but uh, Ruggs and Judy, the two Alabama guys back to back. It's a pretty crazy receiving court at Crimson Tide had last year. Oh, yeah. I know that ball game against Michigan, first play of the game, Jerry Judy took it like 95 yards to the house, so I wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> All right, Dale, you're up with the Bucks and the newly acquired Tom Brady. Yeah, it's ironic that it says uh, one of their needs are quarterback right now. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't even see that. Wow. But you going to give him some weapons, or what are you going to do here? Yeah, maybe I will, but no. That's not going to happen here. Um, offensive tackle. Next one stands out to me is running back. There's nobody in Tampa that's a great running back at all. And hopefully this will change things for them. And obviously Tom Brady needs that running back that could catch. Um, hasn't really been uh, – had too many ta- times to show that out of the backfield. But I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be that guy that's going to help that team out. Okay. You know, he hit nice. 200 yards plus 12 yards of – 12 times in his career and that team, I think that's going to help them out. <clears throat> nice. Good pick. So we're giving the bucks and Tom Brady some weapons to play around with there. Uh, so Johnny glow gave San Fran CD lamb and he did that. He added a footnote here. If they don't, the rumor is Minnesota will trade up with this for San Francisco. So possibly Minnesota. Although I told you guys yesterday, rumors circulating that they may be in the, in the trade for uh, Odell Beckham jr. So, not sure if the Vikings would need that if they acquire him, but well, that CD uh, Lamb today was a bogus thing. I don't know if you saw oh, that, but Mm-mm. the the new rumor no. that I've seen going around though as teams trading up for a wide receiver is going to be uh, this next team, Denver Broncos. Right? Yeah, possibly. So Johnny gave CD Lamb to the Niners, and then Andrew Thomas went to Tampa Bay in his mock draft. And uh, Tim, you're up with Denver. Um, I got to agree 100% with what Dale just said. I have to go with the the wide receiver, C.D. Lamb, from Oklahoma. Oh, nice. I have That's to take nice him. one, man. Sure Especially is. with the uh, – who was the – was that uh, the Bron- – or not uh, the Broncos, uh, one of their players that just tested positive? That's crazy. Von Miller. Yeah, Von Miller. Right. He has the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Drew Luck possibly going to be their starter next year unless they get somebody in free agency. But I thought he actually played pretty decent last year, all things considered. He really didn't have much to work with right. there. Yeah, I don't think oh, absolutely. Was, I thought he was pretty good. Philip Lindsay. Yeah, they had a Rantan. great finish for 2019. Yeah, not bad. I mean, even okay. Lindsay didn't have the great year last year as what he had the year before. No, and I think he had a lot of injuries too, didn't he? He's always had a lot of injuries. Yeah. So Kyle and Jake are up next with the Falcons at 16. Yeah. So with the Atlanta Falcons, the one problem that they've always had is defense. Now, Dan Quinn, defensive minded coach, defensive background. How crazy is that? So Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn, before he came to Atlanta, he was with Seattle and he was also with Florida Gators. And one of the things that has bit Atlanta over the years is corners. So, with the 16th pick, the Atlanta Falcons select 
from my Florida Gators. I'm actually Ooh, Jay he's Henderson. still on the board. Oh, right man. Brighton. Yeah. Right in front of me. On the Falcons, C.J. Henderson. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. And, and the rumor is that the Falcons may possibly trade up for him because they see what a uh, commodity he is. So be ready for the Falcons to be one of those first teams to try and trade up. All right. C.J. Henderson out of Florida, cornerback. All right, so me and Josh right. traded for the Cowboys. Next up oh, is – Okay, go ahead, Josh. You know what? Honestly, <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed, like, say, if, uh, you know, New England at 23 wanted to come up and try to get a quarterback because uh, Herbert's still on the board. I wouldn't be surprised if a team like that wanted to come up and trade back and give me their second-round pick for that. I would take that deal. But as we said, trades are not allowed in this uh, format, so I got to stand in here and make a pick for the Cowboys. I have to be honest; I'm kind of surprised that uh, D tackles not a need listed, only because yes, they got Gerald McCoy and Don Terry Poe. They're obviously not long-term fixes. Um, that's more of a short-term uh, stopgap, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I will say my favorite player still on the board is Javon Kinlaw. The only thing is. I know they were saying at the combine there's some issues with possibly a knee injury from the past, so I'm a little hesitant to go that route. Um, man, I really wanted C.J. Henderson too, and Jake took him right out from under my nose. Damn you, Jake! Oh god. Well, I just talked to my medical guys, and they're saying everything's okay. So with the 17th overall pick, I am taking Solid. Javon Kinlaw. Solid pick for sure. He is one of my favorite players in the draft. What was that? Yeah, if the Javon Kinlaw, if the knee checks out, there's no way he's still there at 17. But I'm gonna get some depth on that D line. Knee checks out. Yeah, good. Good to hear, Doctor mm-hmm. Timothy. Uh, Doctor mm-hmm. Timothy Jonathan. <laughs> so real quick, uh, with Johnny's mock draft, there he took uh, Jonathan Taylor to the Falcons. And Isaiah Simmons, not sure why he was still there, but he took Isaiah Simmons with the Cowboys pick. Oh, and Henry Ruggs to Denver, if I didn't say that one already. All right, so next up is going to be Dale with the Miami pick that they got from the Steelers in a trade for Minka Fitzpatrick. All right, so, you know. Wait, Dale, real quick before you make that pick, Jake and Tim, if you want to chime in here. If the Steelers were sure. making this pick, who would you take? I was hoping for Justin Jefferson. Wide I was going to go. LSU. I was going to go wide okay. receiver. KJ Hamler. Oh, nice! Penn State. That's who yeah. I would have wanted. Yeah, loved him at a Penn State. You said Gross Modest. Who? KJ Hamler. Hamler. You said. You said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I wasn't sure if you said him or Gross Matos because he's still on the board. I like him right. too, actually. That's what I was thinking. Um, so the Dolphins looks like obviously quarterback is listed yeah. as a need, but they're not going to take a quarterback because I took two out number five. Right. right. Uh, but but everything else is on the board. Although I will say this is not a very strong, at least from a trend standpoint, a strong running back. Yeah, pass. I mean the Dolphins have a lot, a lot to work work on this, you know, this coming season. I mean, there's a... That's the thing. They have so many needs. I mean, where do yeah, you go absolutely. with this pick? Uh, It's pretty tough. 
But uh, I don't know, man. I mean, Dale definitely has a a, a tough pick on this one. Um, Jake, uh, Jacob, Kyle, um, what do you think? Uh, what do you think about this one? Yeah. Well, first off, uh, Dale texted us that uh, he got yeah, kicked I know. out. <laughs> I guess he yeah, didn't like his, his pick. pick. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I was asking what your pick was. Well, what you, you know, think would be a good pick? <laughs> and that, wow, wow, says I'm unable. <laughs> um, well, I would have to say one of the it says one of the needs here is offensive line, and Miami definitely had a really, really bad offensive line last year. So, um, with that being said, if I were them, I'd probably go with. Uh... All right, Dale said. He read my mind perfectly. Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas. There you Andrew go. Thomas. Offensive lineman from Georgia. So the weird thing is on my end, it's still doing it. It's not letting me check uh, Tristan Wirfs off for the pick that we gave him. So Thomas went to the Dolphins. I got to write this down because it's being weird. And I don't want to restart all Wait, these what picks. happened? Before when you had the uh, Browns taking Tristan Wirfs, it wouldn't let me select them. So I just put – Andrew Thomas in there, and I wrote it down. But now since Thomas is on the board, I have to – I got to pick somebody here. So I'm just going to go down the list and pick – I don't know. So Dale Dale made his pick, though? Yeah, Andrew Thomas from Georgia. And if any – Yeah. People are wondering why – Go ahead, Tim. Why we're making a pick for Dale. He obviously – something malfunctioned on his phone or something. He's got to – Shut his phone off and log back in. That's why we're trying to kill some time until he gets back on. Yeah. Yeah. And real quick while he's doing that, any any picks that stand out to you guys as far as surprises or um I don't know, guys you might have been taking a little too early or anything like that? Yeah, well, I'm a little surprised that, that Derek Brown is still yeah. on the board. I thought for sure that he was probably gonna go to Carolina because I know that they they're working on that defensive line. But uh And he had a terrible there. combine. Yeah, and then the Jets. I was going to say the Jets. I, I know that they just lost, ironically, Robbie Anderson to Carolina. So I was maybe kind of expecting receiver a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I was going to say, though, Denver Denver with CeeDee Lamb, that's great because they, they traded Emmanuel Sanders to the 49ers right in the middle of the year. So Yeah, so uh, – So, Kyle, Raiders pick is up next. Justin Herbert. <laughs> Before you make it. Okay. Before we make the pick, I, I got some a bone to pick. With. <laughs> Here it comes. So you you already addressed the need of wide receiver with Henry Ruggs the third, but um, two years ago you had what I would consider to be well, an elite receiver in Amari I'd Cooper. Why'd you let him go, man? But I mean, well, I would have liked him to stay. I guess. Yeah. I think it was just the amount of injuries he had, um, and maybe his playing. You know, I I just don't think he was a good matchup with Derek Carr. It could have been a Derek Carr problem and not an Amari Cooper problem. I don't know. Yeah. They just were not a good match. Like, he wouldn't get open. There was a lot of miscommunications. Um, it just – I don't – they didn't mesh, you know. The chemistry wasn't there, so. No, I hear you. No, I mean, every time – I'm just messing with you. From one pass, number four to the next. Pretty mad, so. <laughs> 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 I mean, I would like to. I would like to bring up the uh, fact that uh, when Kyle was making his pick before, um, he did bring up the fact that you know he lets all voice of reason yeah, out of picks because much. that's what they do. 
So I think that falls into the season as well. Because they're so unpredictable. You just can't, like, fall in love with a player because you don't know when they're going to punch their ticket and be off the team. Like, Khalil Khalil Mack was my favorite pick of all time. Right. And look you know, and, and in hindsight, in hindsight, that, that made sense, right? Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. I could go on forever about it. We got time. Yeah, to me, best, he's the best pass rusher in the league, in yeah, my opinion. I'm not sure why they part of ways with him. They made good picks, so. Hey, I'm back. They did. They did. Hey. Hey, Dale. I mean, as far as Amari Cooper goes, that first year when they got him for those last eight games, I mean, I said it the other day because I was going off on uh, Rex Ryan, <clears throat> but I felt like he single-handedly saved their season. And then last year, as far as the home and road splits, I just don't understand what the deal is there. He had some injuries and whatnot, but I don't know. I thought the payday he got was well-deserved. Yeah, I think he's going to prove it this year. Healthy. <laughs> some of those catches he made, I'm watching him make the tightrope sideline catch against Minnesota right now on NFL Network, and I just – He's the only receiver on the yeah, team that's going to make that catch. I'll tell you that much. For sure. All, All right, right, real okay. quick. I was I was telling Josh we got to we got to name the episode only oh. the Raiders. <laughs> oh, well, I did want to ask Kyle. I did want to ask Kyle. Uh, how do you feel about the move? You know, I don't feel bad about it. I think if they're going to go anywhere, I think Vegas is the perfect fit. Um, I've been there a few times. Yeah. And, the place is crazy, and it's just—it's got Raiders written all over. It, yeah, so. I've been there. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. Oh, even though that new stadium looks like the Death Star, it looks anymore. like I'm actually pretty excited about it. I feel bad for the Oakland fans, but you know, I—I I honestly think Mark Davis—you <laughs> know—he put his yeah, best foot forward and tried to make it work, but just couldn't do it. Yeah, that new stadium's crazy. I yeah, think the awesome. Oakland fans are probably the most. I think the Oakland fans are probably the most dedicated fans in, I want to say, sports. Yeah. I don't know. You know Black hole. You they say sure that, Tim, are, and then the other thing they that comes sure to are. mind for me is the Bills fans. They've been through everything. <laughs> yeah, my – Including tables. My poor wife. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, your wife yeah. – oh, my God, that's right. Your wife's a Bills we fan. Know. Oh, my God. So Have you thrown her through a table? In this household in the fall. Do you get the do you get the throw through a table every Sunday? Yeah. You should probably start. Hey, next next time <laughs> next time your wife's around, ask her if anybody circles the wagons better than the Buffalo. Kyle, real quick, I was gonna say how how's the effort been? You know, trying to between the two, you trying to make yeah, Evelyn so my daughter's fan my daughter, or the Bills fan? How's that been? Um, she's got the Bills gear already, so she's been yeah. I didn't even get a chance. Uh, oh man! But yeah. I, I actually—um, my son has no no choice. Yeah, I feel better about Our, it being a Bills fan. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, don't worry; it, it could change. I bought my steps on a Tony yeah. Romo jersey when he's three years old, and I'm a Seahawks choice. fan now. So I was going to say the same thing. Macy just picks on me about all my teams that I like. So. Oh, oh, I nice. mean, me and Laura have a have a thing. Well, who you got? Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was, gonna, I was just gonna say, me and uh, Laura have a uh, agreement: no football. But I told her if she if she thinks that I'm not, he's not gonna be wearing pinstripes, then he's then that she's well, like she's just crazy. He's he's gonna be a Yankees fan. 
Yeah, but Tim, the, what's the that? Phillies wear pinstripes. The Braves don't wear pinstripes. No. What are you talking about? You ever, you ever? I'll break it. I'll break your other angle. <laughs> Speaking of that, <laughs> power pride and pinstripe, brother. Ankle is pretty good now. It's about ninety-five percent. You know, so Michelob Ultra could maybe sponsor this in a couple weeks. <laughs> what I tell you, I was gonna tag him the other day on Twitter. I just didn't know if I was allowed to or not. Tim, what do you think me and Laura were doing to Sawyer on those walks? Don't you even start talking that. Don't even do that. The brain, we were showing him the tomahawk oh chop my the whole God. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you have an uphill battle, buddy. Now I got to quit my it, job and keep you away from her. <laughs> well, you're already going to have him like one black and yellow. Why not another one? No. Oh, no. <laughs> I'd rather him be a- the only good thing about the Pirates is the high draft. I'd rather him be a, a Bowman oh, fan. Oh. <laughs> oh, I yeah. off the rails here, guys. That's a whole other show. Yeah, a little off. Yeah, we this are. Show's yeah. definitely gotten off the rails. <laughs> so, with the 19th well, pick, Kyle and Jake, the Raiders are going to take home. the board at this point. So, I was going to take Jordan Love, but I think Justin Herbert would Ooh. be the pick. I. Oh, and wow. Johnny Glow gave the Raiders Jalen Hurts with this pick. Yeah, I think they're going to take a quarterback. Um, yeah. I don't know if Derek. I'm sorry. So even with Derek Brown on the board. Even with Derek Brown – or, yeah, Derek Brown still on the board, you're still going to go with Herbert. the Raiders are chomping at the bit to make a splash going into Vegas, and right. the best way to do that is with, with a quarterback. Um I think Derek, Derek Carr's kind of got one foot out the door. You know, he's going right. to be a free agent next year, right? So, um, you know, Justin Herbert would be the mm-hmm. perfect backup plan. I don't think Marcus Mariota's starting caliber. Right. Um, oh, absolutely not. So, right. Justin Herbert is behind Carr and Mariota. So, two are green quarterbacks in that QB room. And this is a pick they yeah. got from the Bears yeah. with the Khalil Mack trade, right? Jake, I don't know if you it disagree, is. but nice. No, I, I don't disagree one bit, buddy. I mean, we talked about it last night how, you know, Al Davis was that way with speedy receivers. Well, that's the way John Gruden is with quarterbacks. If if there's one that he likes, he's definitely gonna go after it. And you even um I know you even said yourself you wouldn't be surprised if they probably tried yeah, to trade yeah, I mean, up I, I would top ten and maybe get surprised. Justin I mean, they did talk to him, right? I think they interviewed him, so Yeah, so there's interest yeah, there. They had a video interview with him last week, I think. Only um, now Tim, you have the next pick with the Jaguars. It was yeah. a it was a pick acquired in the trade for Jalen Ramsey with the Rams. Um, by the way, speaking of Rams, they are in salary cap hell for these next couple of years. A mm-hmm. ton of dead money with uh, Todd Gurley being with the Falcons now. And, you know, Jared, he's going to pan out. I would say really indications are he isn't. But, man, they have a hell of a lot of cap space that they're paying guys that aren't even on the team. So, Brandon Cooks, he's another one. But their first pick here that I took, Isaiah Simmons for the Jags. Um, but they still have a need at cornerback um, and running back. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do there with the Jags pick? I'm taking Jalen Johnson, cornerback, Utah. Cornerback, Utah. Oh, there he is. 
a good pick. Six foot one ninety three. I just feel like they definitely need some sort of defense, or at least tighten up the defense. I would say. I mean, they yeah. have a pretty, pretty, you know, all right defense now. But I think adding him would make him above average. Not great, mm-hmm. but above average. Yeah, Timmy, and the other thing is, you know, with, with the Jags, I talked about their defensive line, but also their corners as well. Like we talked about Jalen Ramsey, he's now gone. And A.J. Bouye, they traded him to the Broncos for a fourth-round pick. So I think that's definitely a very, very solid pick. Thank you, sir. Jake, Jake, two picks ago, Johnny Glow had Miami taking your boy Justin Jefferson from LSU. So. And he had the Jags taking uh, Javon Kinlaw. I don't think there's any way in hell he lasts that long, but if he does. Hey, Josh, real quick for me since I I dropped there for a minute. Can you uh, run down the pick since Kinlaw? Since Kinlaw. So we have uh, Andrew Thomas went to the Dolphins. And then Justin Herbert to the Raiders. And Jalen Johnson to the Jags. Yeah, I'm good. You good? Uh, Before we go to the next pick, I have have something I have to say. I need to ask Jake. um, All right. Did you purposely put this next (laughs) pick to this certain person about to pick right now? I'm I'm, I'm not even picking him. (laughs) Damn right. (laughs) Damn right. The other interesting thing is uh, right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, Jake, you just say that. I get the Eagles and uh, Kyle gets the Chiefs. So, don't know the way. Yeah, I'm going to be fun. a good player and give the Eagles a player that I think is you know fits their needs. Um, Someone that can Al Bundy. Yeah, Al Bundy. I'm I'm actually not going to address their needs because I feel like there's a guy on the board that shouldn't be here right now. So I'm going to give the Eagles Derek Brown. There you go. He's been on there for a while. Yeah. I mean, Fletcher time. Cox has been in the league almost 10 years now. You don't know how much longer he's going to be able to do it. Vinny Curry is a good player, but, you know, he's hit or miss. So why not bolster that defensive line depth with a, a good SEC sack artist with Derek Brown? Derek Brown going to the Eagles. It, it, I don't know. To me, you could guys correct me if I'm wrong, but Derek Brown, it sounds like an Eagles pick. I don't know why. The name just why sounds was like he in jail. <laughs> well, well, think of no, it. Well, and he well, loves cheesesteaks. Well, Josh, when you, <laughs> well, when you think of it, we go back to the late 80s and early 90s, right, Jerome yeah. Brown. Yeah. What could have been? Yeah, seriously. That was a that was a hell of a football life that they oh, did on for him sure. and Reggie White. Uh, Johnny Glow gives the Eagles Jalen Rager from TCU, wide receiver. A little early for me, but good player. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's the one major need that the Eagles need more than anything is yeah. receivers because pretty much all of them were And it's a deep receiver class. I mean, if Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, and Henry Ruggs are off the board, I'm not taking a wide receiver until later in the draft for me personally. All right, Dale. Minnesota's pick that they acquired from Buffalo in the Stephon right. Diggs well, trade. As much as I want to actually take a quarterback because, you know, Kirk uh, Cousins is not my cup of tea. Um, Captain Kirk. So, 
one of the things is, you know, with Diggs not being there anymore, it sticks out to me that they need that uh, wide receiver. So I'm going to attempt to pronounce this, but I'm going to probably annihilate this. Lovshika Chanel Jr. That's, that's my best. Perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Can you? Oh God! He's hooked on finance. Attempt after a couple IPAs, and you know. So. Who did? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what was the name? Dale. Can you say that name? <laughs> yeah, Is that the wide receiver out of Colorado, right, also known as Quinn? Okay. Yeah. All right. Say that name. <laughs> Say that name three times in a row. Or, or he can say it once. Dirty bird, too. (laughs) Don't tempt me to break that out. Yeah. Do the truffle shuffle and we'll let you go. We're in the sunroom if I break out the dirty bird and start that stuff right now. Yeah, so just to review while Kyle's getting back in here, uh, Dale takes Queen Latifah, number 22 overall, to the Minnesota Vikings. Queen Chanel. Queen Latifah. Where's where's she at? LaVishka Chanel Jr., wife from Colorado. What was the name? LaVishka Chanel. LaVishka Chanel. I just just need – Dale, how did you pronounce it? LaVishka Oh, my God. (laughs) Josh, we got to rename this episode. <laughs> you you want to hear the the so Johnny Glow's pick of all people? You want to know who he took? The same person I took? No, uh, Stefan Diggs' younger brother Trayvon. Oh wow! Oh really? Mm-hmm. How ironic! Right. But he's going to end up at Washington. You think so? Yeah. All right, Tim. You're next up with the New England Patriots. This is literally I've, – I've been trying to figure this one out for since we started because I knew it was coming because obviously they're showing that they need a quarterback and how could you – I don't know. How could you even think of putting somebody to replace Tom Brady, you know? I think this pick's got Jordan Love written all over it, but you could pick That's whoever it. you want. I know. That's what I'm – I mean, for quarterback, yeah. I was looking at tight ends though too. Oh yeah, I would be too. <laughs> yeah, to me, I mean that's the thing. Like the tight end was a huge, huge deficit for them last year after Gronk retired. Right, but then again, you know, you can't. It doesn't matter if you have a tight end if you don't have a good quarterback. Yeah, and honestly, I've been saying whole different offense this year. Way, way different offense, and you I think? do not think Jared Stidham is the future at all. No. We'll have to wait and see, obviously. We don't know that for sure, but it's all signs point to probably not. Yeah. Okay. I uh, mean, I, honestly, I'm... with the New England Patriots this year, you got to reset the bar. You can't have the same expectations they've had for the last two decades. There's no way. Have they been talking to anybody quarterback-wise, free agents? Yeah. Well, remember a couple weeks ago, like, we were all talking about it, and, like, Josh, you were saying for some reason they were so hell-bent on Andy Dalton, it sounded like. Yeah. Oh God! Which I forgot to mention that when I made the Joe Burrow pick, but I can honestly see a draft date trade that sends uh, Andy Dalton somewhere. Yeah. What like picture? Trade though? Isn't he a free agent? No, he's under contract. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was a free agent. So what if what if New England packaged? Um, let's see, pick number twenty three, and Andy Dalton to the Bengals for number one. You think that would do it, or do they have to throw in some more capital? 
Oh, man, probably I knowing Belichick, I don't think that would be enough. Yeah, you'd probably have to throw in a, a number one pick next year too. Yeah. Wait for Andy Dalton. Yeah. I'm talking like a fourth round pick for Andy Dalton. Yeah, but you're getting number one overall too, though. Oh, number one overall. Okay. All right. Yeah. That. I don't yeah. think the Bengals would do that, but you never so know. You're probably talking multiple number one picks, like. I mean, look at what the Redskins. It took them three picks to get to uh, RG Mee, and we all knew how that panned out. Well, like I said earlier, if the New England wanted to come up from 23 to 17 with Dallas, I'd trade back in a heartbeat because Caleb on Chason's still on the board. So I would do that, get their second-round pick, and they could have Herbert or Jordan Love. But it's your pick, Tim. Who you got? Uh... Looks like they need a linebacker. There's two yeah. good ones still linebacker. left there. Actually, three. It's just so difficult it's, because, like, it's so difficult to pick an offensive players without knowing the quarterback. Yeah, it is. And their defense was their strong suit last year. That defense carried them. So that's why I'm not looking at linebackers or anything. I'm not looking at defense. But, I mean, they even have yeah. for wide receivers and – um you still have Hightower. He's a good player. Mm, wide receiver. You know what? Wide receiver? Nah, that's just that's because it's just me. Never mind. <laughs> I'm going to go. T. Higgins is still there. He's a good player. Terrible Penn State player. Uh, no, I left him go. I left him go. <laughs> but, yeah, you were right, Dale. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go. Jalen Hurts, quarterback at Oklahoma. Oh, oh, wow, baby, sexy pick. Yeah, and that's the thing, Timmy, a... is the Steelers. They've been rumored to possibly be taking him if, if he's still available in the second round. Right. Don't and to be fair, sure, if there's one thing we know about Bill Belichick, he's always doing unorthodox things in the yeah. draft. Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. That's what he wants. Bill Belichick. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he usually <laughs> trades back in the second round, doesn't he? Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he doesn't like first round picks at all. He trades back and stacks up second, third, fourth rounds. Right. Johnny Glow had them taking Caleb on Chase on with that pick. With the Patriots? Yeah. To me, he's the best player available, but yeah, I don't know. He's he's like I said earlier. He's one of those guys that. And at 3-4, he's probably an outside linebacker. And a 4-3, he's going to put his hand in the dirt and play and rush the passer. So it all depends on what you're looking for. True. When we look at the draft, I like to think of it as ice cream. Everybody likes different flavors. Oh, that was nice. Chocolate marshmallow. <laughs> Chocolate chip. Cookie dough. Is that because you're a Larson fan? Well... <laughs> What did you say, uh, Tim? Was your favorite? <laughs> no, I said I, Dale. Dale, what was your favorite? Chocolate Marsh. <laughs> Is that because you're because you're a Kyle Larson fan, or <laughs> I knew that's where you're going. Kyle and Jake, you guys are up at number 24 with the Saints. Yeah. So the funny thing is, yesterday Kyle said if there's really any team that doesn't need to make a pick, it's the Saints because they're pretty much loaded when you think of it. But Oh, for sure. Yeah. I I was going to say offensively especially, 
like when you think of Drew, when you think of Sanders, Thomas, Jared Cook at tight end. But I do think right. we do feel like there's maybe some that they could some pieces that they could add to the defense. And we feel like if there's one person that they could add to the defense, it would be Yitor Gross Matos from Penn State. Yes. Yes. Nice. Exactly what I was hoping you guys would take. I thought you guys were gonna keep it in the state and go with the LSU guy, Caleb on Chase on. No. Yeah, I mean I I mean that would be a good pick too. Johnny Glow has them taking Patrick Queen, linebacker, also from LSU. LSU's got a ton of players in this draft, yeah. which should be no surprise. They won the national championship. So Yeah, that was kind of the way it was when Alabama won all their championships. It seemed like they would have ten to twelve players in the first round of the draft alone. Right. So the Minnesota Vikings are up again. And of course, as we know, this is Johnny Glow's team. And he and actually has Plymouth. them taking. And John from Plymouth, can't forget. He yep. has them taking uh, Yetter Gross Matos. Um, so earlier at 22, they took uh, Lavishka Chenault from Colorado, the wide receiver. Um, but and... I really did massacre that. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping he'd let him say it again. On a scale from one to a two, you're about a three. <laughs> one to a two, you're about a three. <laughs> but how'd you say it, Dale? Lavishka Chenault. <laughs> That was the best one. Yeah. It was. It really was. Let's record that one. Yeah. Yes. All right. So I'm taking Chase on with the pick here. It's no brainer. He's, he's still on the board. Vikings need a pass rusher. Him and Everson Griffin coming off the edge together is, uh, if he comes back, that is. That's a lethal combination there. Him and Daniil Hunter and those guys. That's a tough defense the way it is. So Chase on's a pick for me. Chase on. Okay. Dolphins again, man. And this one goes to Dale. This is a pick they acquired from Houston. Laramie Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil, yep. Who, uh, you know, speaking of the draft, he slipped when he came out a few years ago because he stupidly posted a picture of him smoking some marijuana on the no. night of the draft, yeah. which was pretty pretty uh, irresponsible. But, yeah, so he slipped a few spots. He'll be a, Josh, he'll be a Raider. Just took, though? Uh, Caleb on chase on from LSU. Who just said he's going to be a Raider? Yeah. <laughs> chase on? He got caught smoking weed. He's going to be a Raider. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they didn't get Randy Gregory. Jamarcus well, hey, he's still out there. Well, thank oh, you. I like the purple drink. <laughs> Kyle will tell you that's the one name he hates hearing the most is Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> I quit watching football for five years because of him. True story. Oh, God. True story. A lot of talent, too. That's the sad part. Yep. Kyle. Just would, didn't have a good head on his shoulders. Kyle, would you say your you're probably your favorite draft pick out of all of them would have to be Sebastian Janikowski in the first round? Oh, yeah. Of course. The Polish hammer. He was the only one that scored points for like a decade. Yeah. <laughs> for you and my fantasy team. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pick a safety. Uh, nobody picked a safety yet. You know what's funny yeah. that you mentioned that? That's exactly <laughs> where I was going. Yeah. So, with uh, the 26th pick in this mock draft, the Miami Dolphins are going to take Xavier McKinley. Yes. Nice. Oh, that's a good pick. Really He's been good. mocked to the Cowboys quite a bit. That's a good pick. 
Yeah, I was going to say Brian Flores, when he was in New England, that was one of his specialties with, with defensive backs, so safeties. You know what? Johnny Glow took Xavier McKinney, too, with that pick. Did he? Woo-hoo! Yep. Okay, you guys so, are Dale, you must be, Dale, you must be right. Yeah. It must be. Great minds. You are. <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. That's all you. Didn't you say uh, you wanted to move up to Seattle pretty soon? Oh, me? Mm-hmm. I would never move to Seattle. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I'm a Texas guy. I moved to Texas in a heartbeat. You know I'm coming with you. Texas, right? Exes. All my exes live in Texas. Take it away, Timmy. I'm sorry. I just get I get into it, you know? Just wait until we do the fantasy mock draft and we have to go 15 rounds. Yeah. Jesus. I'll, be, I'll need to go for <laughs> a beer run and um, you have any idea what you want to do here, Timmy J. Doll? I do not on this one. I'm looking for a defensive end here, but it doesn't seem like they have it. See, they're throwing me off because they have uh, Tristan Wirth still on the board. I know he got picked, but my computer's messing with me here. No, oh, is it? Oh, now you're going to let me click him. I see what you're doing <laughs> here. All right, he went to the Dolphins at 18, right? Andrew Thomas did at 18. Okay, that's where I screwed it up. I got you. All right, so let's delete that. Yeah, Tristan Wirfs went 10th to Cleveland, Josh. And Thomas went 18 to Miami? Yes. Got it. So For some reason, sometimes they wouldn't let me click on these names. I got it now, though. So, Tim, you're looking at DN, you said? I was, but I don't see any anything for it. But, um... We got to go to DL. DL. Yeah. Is it in DL? Okay. Uh, your best defensive end would be AJ Epinesa from Iowa. Good player. AJ. Okay. Okay. Russ, Russ Blacklock's a D tackle, so you don't want. And him. He is a Big Ten player, so. You know what? Uh, I mean, they do need linemen too, but. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I was just gonna say yeah, that, they, that's the one, yeah. especially not knowing if Jadavian Clowney is even gonna come back. I'm going. Yeah, surprising yeah. he's. He's a good guy. Yeah. Where are you going, Tim? I'm going Caesar Rolls, offensive lineman, Michigan. Oh. Wow. Okay. Then again, that's always been one of the quick. That is Russell Wilson's all offensive line. He's been running for, for his life the majority of those years. Yeah, he, he always seems to do it all, honestly. And Johnny Glow with that pick took Isaiah Wilson. Oh. I'm going to be honest. I don't know too much about Isaiah Wilson. All right. Next up is the Baltimore Ravens, and it's Kyle and Jake. Yeah. So if there's one thing that Baltimore has always seemed to hit home runs with, it has definitely been linebackers. And one of the names that is still on the board, and I'm kind of surprised he's still on the board, and I think that he would – fit in perfectly with Baltimore, that would be Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. There you go. Yeah, that's a good good pick. Yeah, this uh um I'm looking at the predict the pick and uh it actually has him ranked lower than Patrick Queen, which is a little surprising. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. But I mean L S U though. Yeah. Yeah, you can't go wrong there. Yeah, seriously. So t- time 
Time for Rosansky to get mad at me. Woo! Tennessee Titans, number 29. You better yell woo, Josh. Woo! <laughs> that was pretty lackluster. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, 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 it's nine o'clock. Yeah, it's nine o'clock at night and he has kids. <laughs> Anyone who busts in the eardrums, that's the honest to God truth. Um, some interesting names still on the board here. I'm surprised KJ Hamler's ranked as high as he is. Don't you do it. I'm not going that route. Don't worry. <laughs> Although this is my last pick, though. It is. But are you really going to waste it on a Penn State? No, absolutely not. Exactly. <laughs> Johnny Johnny Glow took Murray at uh, Baltimore's pick too there, Jake. Oh, nice. He took T. Higgins with this pick. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm going to take. I'm going to give the uh, Tennessee Titans Trayvon Diggs, Alabama corner. Wow. Roll Tide. Roll, Roll Tide. Trayvon Diggs goes to the Titans, and my day is done. Woo! Sign up. Woo! <laughs> uh, Dale, you got the Packers. You going to draft Aaron Rodgers' replacement? Nah. I was thinking about taking Dwight Howard's replacement, but, you know, that's about 10 years <laughs> too late at this point. But, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with, you know, a position that they need right now is the biggest one for me is tight end. Yeah. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. I know this is a stretch. But how can you go wrong with the last name of Moss? Um, obviously, oh, you know please. Santana Moss is the best, the best one with that last name. But that I'll is his uh, second cousin Randy. I'll call him. But <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go out on the limb and take Thaddeus Moss. I know it's a stretch, but you know nobody else has really done a stretch pick, so I'm gonna go there. Dan's gonna be mad that you left Cole Komet on the board. Yeah, I, I'm going to leave my feelings from Notre Dame out of this uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah. There's no solid Miami players in a draft, so we can't go there. Valid point, valid point. No, there's. I think they have a, a D lineman that's not bad, but other than that. They have no first rounders, let's put it that way. Right. Johnny Glow took Austin Jackson with that pick. Yeah. All right, so Tim, your final pick. You get the uh, Super Bowl runner-up, San Francisco 49ers. I do, I do. Um, and I think everybody can understand who I want to take. I got to go with my boy out of Penn State, KJ Hamlin. Nice. Yeah, build on that receiver. I just think we need it. Right, Jake, right. All right. I cannot wait for this. Kyle Williams has to pick for the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're going to take a quarterback to replace Pat Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait, are we talking like 10 years in the future now? <laughs> yeah. Tim, you took Hamler there, you said? Yes, sir. Okay. They already took Jerry Judy, too, just so you know. I, I think they're going to go um... – cornerback i think they need a cornerback i think it's going to be i'm going to take clemson player uh, aj terrell that's a good pick 
Yeah, it's a great pick right there. And ironically, like I told Kyle before we started recording, Kansas City said earlier today that one of the things they're excited about is how many corners are in this draft. So that kind of tells you right then and there what their plans are. Right. I was hoping that was a bad pick, but <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good one. Well, the funny, the funny they thing is that... you always say you always say if they play for Clemson, they'll probably end up on the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah, they have Gladney ranked higher, but I think he's a better corner, Terrell, personally. All right, so let's give a quick rundown here. Oh, and real quick, uh, let's see, Johnny Glow. Who did he take with that last pick there? I'll come back to that. It's loading. All right, so number one, no surprise, one and two, go as expected. Joe Burrow to the Bengals, Chase Young to the Redskins, Jeff Okuda to the Lions. Jedrick Wills to the Giants, Tua Tunga Viola to the Dolphins, Jake Fromm to the Chargers, Zach Vaughn to the Panthers, Makai Becton to the Cardinals, Jags take Isaiah Simmons, Browns Tristan Wirfs, Jets DeAndre Swift, Henry Ruggs to the Raiders, Jerry Judy to the 49ers, Jonathan Taylor to the Bucks, C.D. Lamb to the Broncos, C.J. Henderson to the Falcons, Javon Kinla to Dallas, Andrew Thomas to the Finns, Justin Herbert to the Raiders, Jalen Johnson to the Jags, Derek Brown to the Eagles, LaVisca Chenault to the Vikings, Jalen Hurts to the Pats, Yetter Grossmanos to the Saints, Caleb Von Chason to the Vikings, Xavier McKinney to the Dolphins, Cesar Ruiz to the Seahawks, Kenneth Murray to the Ravens, Trevon Diggs to the Titans, Thaddeus Moss to the Packers, KJ Hamler to the Niners, and rounding out the first round, AJ Terrell to the Kansas City Chiefs. What do you boys think about the draft picks? I like it. Yep. Good stuff. So Johnny Glow took uh, Neville Gal- Galmore, defensive lineman, to the Niners, and Cesar Ruiz from Michigan to the Chiefs. He did say that uh, Minnesota may trade up for C.D. Lamb. Uh, Philly might make a move for Justin Jefferson, who was not picked. And uh, he thinks a couple surprises are going to turn out. And he's got a special message for Dale here that I won't read on on, on the air. <laughs> what does it rhyme with, Josh? Um, duck. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, okay. So so Johnny's stuck somewhere. <laughs> Probably a day with duct tape over. Oh, his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Dale, cough twice if you're in danger. Oh, he's, he's safe. Oh, my God. He might be dead. I'm still here. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> I got my 311 beer. I'm good to go. There you go. It is called What So, do you guys enjoy the center ankle? The beer I'm actually drinking is called What Does. So, that kind of coincides with my last pick. So. <laughs> there you go. Um, I thought that was a pretty fun uh, experiment there to do. We'll have to see how it turns out next Thursday night with the real draft. But. Yeah. All in all, I think we did a pretty good job here as a GM. Yeah, I had fun. Thanks again for having me on. That was a good time. Yeah, yeah no problem. Yeah, yeah no problem, Anytime. buddy. We'll definitely have to have you on again. Well, so, hold up here. Uh, who's going to be the one that actually leaves these picks in to see if, uh, <laughs> uh, how we actually do with the the picking? Because there's a whole point scale thing if you go to the uh, – what is it? The how to play thing. So, if you pick the actual pick, you get like 100 points. You get – 50 if you're one way, 
20 if you're two away. Three or more away is only 10, something like that. So it'll be interesting to see if we can stack it up against uh, some other groups or whatever and see how uh, we actually fare out with these picks. Well, how do we submit this? Do we just leave it like it is and, and it just submits itself or what? Yeah, you just leave it as it is. Um, I don't have mine saved, so. Yeah, I saved mine. Is there a way to save it? Yeah, on the bottom it should pop up and say save your pick. I just see in first round. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it should be in the center. In the center. Mine popped up in the center of my screen. Well, the lower part uh, part of the center of my screen. Yeah. Well, I made all the picks. I don't know why it's not coming up. Mine said like save and something. Save picks discard. Something. Yes. Yeah. 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 Drag and drop prospects to fill your card. I don't know. So we submitted one though already. Then. I submitted. I I guess I submitted one. I didn't know that was a thing. I just say I thought I was just saving something. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't have any option to save it. Well, here, run down from twenty-eight down really quick for me, and I'll save mine. So. All right, twenty-eight was Kenneth Murray. Twenty-nine was Trayvon Diggs. Thirty was Thaddeus Moss. Thirty-one was KJ Hamler. And 32 is A.J. Terrell. All right, I got it. So finish and save. Mine is saved. So we will see how we do. Does it give you a grade or anything? Well, no, because the draft's not over. So I'm going to share it on Well, Facebook I mean, as far right as now, how. Though. All right, cool. Hey, real quick, uh, before we end here, there was. Uh, one topic that I, I was really, really intrigued to hear from all you guys about. Kyle and I talked a little bit about it yesterday, but best and worst draft pick your team ever made. Well, I'll start off, I'll start off with saying that this is literally uh, last year, me and Josh were on vacation. Well, I wouldn't call it a, we went golfing for a weekend out in Maryland. That was probably the first time I've actually sat down and watched the NFL draft, so I couldn't even answer that. Yeah. It was fun, though, wasn't it? It was a blast. Well, Timmy, uh, I'll answer it for you. I think my favorite – I think my the best draft pick the Pittsburgh Steelers ever made was 2003 when they traded up to 16th overall to draft a safety at a USC by the name of Troy Polamalu. Mm-hmm. There you go. And – and as far as the worst, I would have to go to 2013, drafting Jarvis Jones out of Georgia, acting like he was going to be like the next James Harrison or Joey Porter. And I think he had like maybe six sacks in four seasons, and he was hurt most of the time. And, Jake, what did Kreitzer tell you about that pick? Oh, yeah, he was acting like uh, – he was acting like um, – Jarvis Jones was going to be like a, basically like a Hall of Famer or whatever the, the night, you know, how, how it is on Facebook saying, oh, yeah, that, that was a great pick. And then all these years later, he told me, he's like, man, you were right about Jarvis Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Jake, you know my answer. I gave it to you the other day. Yeah. Um, I guess you'd consider them both modern era picks. But my best pick for the Cowboys was DeMarcus Ware. I don't think anybody could have expected a pass rusher out of Troy to become a future Hall of Famer. So, uh-huh. 
138-and-a-half sacks, dude. Yeah, definitely uh, my favorite pass rusher. Not my favorite cowboy, but definitely my favorite pass rusher. Could have went with Jason Witten there, but I'm going to go with Demarcus Ware. And uh, my worst pick was just a few years ago with Taco Charlton, and the main reason is because uh, they passed up on T.J. Watt because he wasn't a quote-unquote scheme fit. So, Thank and, you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it kills me to this day because Taco's now a dolphin. He's not even with the team anymore. So through that year. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as Tim. I've never really followed the draft too much and can't really comment. Well, Dale, on. let's face it. After his rookie season, you thought for sure RG3 was going to be the best pick. I thought he would be top five, that's for sure. <laughs> Did Kyle give his picks? <clears throat> yeah. um, worst is definitely Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> no brainer there. Yeah. Not Darius Hayward Bay? Like I said, I quit watching football for like four or five years. Hayward Bay is up there, you know. Uh, more bad than good for sure. But yeah, my favorite, I guess, would be Charles Woodson. Um, nice, or maybe Josh Jacobs. I really like Josh Jacobs. So, so far, no, it's Charles Woodson because he went to Michigan. <laughs> yeah. And he beat Peyton Manning for the Heisman. Yeah, first first defensive player to win it. So, yeah, definitely my favorite. I was gonna say definitely my favorite Raiders pick was uh, Sebastian Janikowski in the first round, and. I wish I could find the video. It's the, the draft where Tagalibu announces it, and they show Raider Nation going absolutely crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. He would show up. He would show up to games drunk. Oh, man. He was a mess. We know there's another one. And, oh, he, would make, of, and uh, he would make like 60-yard field goals. <laughs> he would. The, the crazy thing is, though, you, you guys hear those stories about Eli Manning with the, where he would always have somebody yeah. at every single stadium that would get him like six-packs and 12-packs. And everything like that. That was surprising. No. Yeah, and they, how he would have it on the bus, like after every yeah. game. Hold yeah, that on. Was surprising. Hold on. Huh? I don't. I didn't hear any of that. Yeah, Eli always had a hookup at every single stadium that would be getting him beer. Um, I don't necessarily think like Janikowski, where he was drunk playing the game, but never actually seeing his face, he may have been. But um, he always had Wait, like, drinking during the game. He always had a hookup to get him beer. And whatever beer he wanted after the game to get on the bus and oh. do whatever it was they did. Eli Manning's oh. a closet alcoholic. That would explain a lot. I wouldn't. Even, I'd say <laughs> Kyle. I'd say he's probably well out of the closet by now. <laughs> Kyle, now that we're talking about Woodson, what are your thoughts on the tuck roll? Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> it still stings. Oh, I know. I was rooting for the Raiders too in that game. It's it's one of those things that it happened to the Raiders and it never happened after that to any other team ever again after that. Like no, and it no, never Kyle, will Kyle, I'll tell you right now that I mean, even you know, you can be upset about you know, pretty much. I mean, think about it. Josh is still upset that he thinks it was actually a catch. It was a catch. It was a catch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go to my grave saying that was a catch. There's no nobody's gonna tell me otherwise. I, that. Yeah, no, I agree with you, but there's no way I'm not not saying it's not a catch first. Actually, you I, never, I have a bone you never see that ball the, hit the ground. I have a bone to pick with the Dallas Cowboys as well with the whole. I, Here we Josh, go. You'll probably remember the index card. Uh, oh, yeah. 
That one, I still like, I lose sleep over that. Hey, but if if Derek Carr holds on to that ball in the end zone, you guys win that game, though. Oh man, I, Jeff I, Heath to go. Yeah, I I'm not at my best when I watch Derek Carr do things like that. <laughs> uh, I, I I figured the game was over because you normally don't see a team not score from that close. And when he fumbled out of the back of the end zone, I'm like, oh my god, he did it twice. twice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a silly game to begin with. I could not believe how that went down with the index card, though. Gene Steratore, the same guy that uh, ruled the Des catch, not a catch. Yeah. And then don't forget, a couple hours before the index card was uh, the Jesse James catch. Oh, yeah. Against the Patriots? Yeah, and that cost Pittsburgh home field advantage. Yeah, and then a few – was it that exact season when uh, Zach Ertz did it in the Super Bowl? Yeah, he did. Unbelievable. They make up the rules as they go sometimes, I feel like. Seriously, you know. And and that's the other thing, too. Like Kyle was talking about, George Atkinson, he said it on a NFL Network special one time. He said, never used before, nor since, only against the Raiders. <laughs> one of the first questions Mike McCarthy got as an introductory press conference was if he thought Des Cotter or not. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Hey, Kyle, while we're here, you want to talk about the Immaculate Reception? Oh, God. No, I'm good. (laughs) It's too late late at night to get into that. Yeah. I wasn't wasn't alive for that, so, like, it didn't really, you know. None of us were. (laughs) What about how Santana Moss is the best receiver in the NFL ever? Oh, Oh, Jesus. Sales drunk. Sales drunk. Yeah, that's like that's like Skip nope. Bayless saying that Michael Irvin was better than Jerry Rice. That's a little no, more no. believable than what Dale just yeah. said. <laughs> what about uh, Sean Taylor being the best uh, defensive back? Possibly could have been if Possibly. he didn't get murdered. Yeah, he, had, he definitely had the best hit in the Pro Bowl, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. How about Thompson? Those were the days when the – Oh, man. Jake, what about that idea I had about a uh, favorite player from every team? Yeah, definitely. Kyle, did, um, Kyle, would you be interested in taking part in that too? Yeah. Yeah. Here's the funny thing. he When he gave me his list last Friday, he wrote Chiefs non-applicable. <laughs> I would probably change my Panthers pick. I just wanted to try to spell Timmy Biaka Batuka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me, it definitely has to be Steve Smith. Yeah, that's a good one. I, w- I was going to put Julius Peppers for that one. Wait a minute, though. Yeah. Can we can we pick the same player more than once if they were on multiple teams? Who, Dale? RG3? <laughs> Who, Santana? Yeah. Oh, that's right. We can't forget so Dale was a Jets fan at exactly. one time. So I guess that means... So I guess that means we're going to have to put Peyton Manning as a Bronco and Kurt Warner as a Cardinal, no. right? <laughs> <laughs> well, no to the pain or the Tom Brady thing. I know, I was just joking. <laughs> and and Larry Brown is a Raider. Oh, oh, oh man. <laughs> you just had to bring up that Super Bowl, didn't you? <laughs> I said as a Raider. Again, I could actually use <laughs> yeah. uh, Sean Taylor as a uh, Bronco as well. Hey Kyle, how much did how much did Al Davis pay Larry Brown? Do you remember? No, I'm, I can't even remember who Larry Brown is. I think he got two picks the rest of his career after the Dallas Super Bowl. 
Yeah. Oh, yes, I remember. Okay, yeah. Yep. Don't you remember when Neil O'Donnell threw him two uh, gimmies? Yeah. Neil O'Donnell's my favorite stealer, I have to say. Mine's got to be Terry Bradshaw. I'm going to say it right here. Terry Bradshaw is the most overrated stealer of it all It doesn't time. matter about him being overrated, but he is hysterical outside of the game of football. And oh, yeah. I just, oh, he, he that, is hilarious. TV show that he did with uh, the Fonz and everything, that show was hysterical. I died laughing that for, for a couple of years. You remember what it was called, Dale? Arch. No, it was something about oh. a trip around the world or something. Yeah. Hey, guys, real quick. Do you have anything to end the show with before we uh, talk off air? Kyle Larson will be back in 2020. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I win. Yeah, I do have something, Joe. <laughs> Go ahead, Timmy. Um, I wanted to ask, at a, actually, I think it was a couple episodes ago, but you know how, like, uh, it's NASCAR related. Um, you know how we always say, you know, best driver of all time, you know. Oh, I got the bracket right here. It's recording. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, favorite, like, you know, that we, we say, you know, best driver of all time or, or favorite uh, race of all time or, you know, you know, your favorite race. How about yeah. with your driver, uh, Jake, obviously you have a different driver now. Yeah. Um, pick, you know, you could pick either one, you know, from actually, I guess, senior, junior or, or Kozlowski, Josh yeah. Kozlowski, Larson. Um, your favorite worst race like where oh. your driver doesn't finish doesn't win the race or you know doesn't finish where he's supposed to but it was still a really good race to watch for the next I think, episode i think i know the, the one already but i will say though probably my favorite moment my favorite moment at any nascar race that i've been to kyle was actually there with me and that was the day that uh, dale jr finally won pocono mm. jake was it 06 when uh, gordon pounded the turn one wall of pocono yeah, when his brakes went out. You know yeah, what my worst fine. one was? Yeah. Worst uh, race ever was all I, I still have to hear about it every freaking time I listen to a race. Slide job, slide job. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Junior. Hey, couldn't have had a better debut in the booth, man. <laughs> and, uh, but I mean, born. for the next, you know, for the next episode we, we uh, record at, think of uh, your your favorite worst race your driver finished well, you know, yeah. yeah yeah didn't win i mean he may yeah, came right. in second by you know one hundredth of a second or something but like just because we always do like you know best win or you know favorite win or whatever yeah. i've always been curious to see what you guys would think on you know the finish of like the worst race but it was yeah. still such a great race to watch even though he lost all right guys so the mock draft is over I think we're all satisfied with how that turned out for the most part. Um, free agency picture for NASCAR next year is sure to be a hot topic. Kyle Larson needs a ride. Brad Kozlowski seemingly needs a ride from what we heard on the Dale Jr. download the other day. How do you guys see this offseason shaking out with uh, these drivers that are going to be in new places next year? All right, Josh. So the first thing is to clarify the Dale Jr. download. Roger Penske was on Dale Jr.'s podcast on Tuesday. And just like Dale Jr. himself, he had out on his desk, like all the diecast cars of all of his drivers. And he, he rattled off like all of his IndyCar drivers. And then he said, yeah, I'm really happy with my NASCAR drivers too, having 
having Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, and then he said Rusty. <laughs> Rusty, who hasn't raced in 15 freaking years, and you have a white Miller Lite Brad Keselowski diecast car on your desk. And Dale Jr., he, he said, you know, he wanted to talk about Brad a little bit and how he delivered Penske his first championship in 2012. And then Roger pretty much just cut him off and said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm happy with uh, Logano and Blaney and the crew chief changes that we made this year. Yeah, that's interesting. I think uh, yeah. the writing's pretty much on the wall that Brad's not going to be back with uh, Penske next year. And I don't want him to be back next year if he's going to be disrespected like you know, that. Though, right. That's really I mean, interesting, like you said, about the, the, you know, the white number two and everything and calling it Rusty Wallace and – I don't, I don't, I don't see yeah. Brad Keselowski anywhere else other than Penske in my mind. Like I don't, I don't see him going to Hendrick. I don't see him going to Stuart Haas. I, especially after the stuff with Kyle Larson, I don't see anyone else going to Stuart Haas other than Kyle Larson because there's nothing that makes more sense than him being with Tony Stewart at this point. Well, and the thing, like yeah, we yeah. said with Brad, too, is like if uh, Chastain gets to 42, like we expect, there's not too many premier rides out there right now that are even going to be open, especially if Jimmy's coming back. So, I mean, as far as Brad's options go, it might be pretty limited. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, Josh. Obviously, since about February, the the leading candidate for the 48 car, it seems like it's been Brad Keselowski. And the interesting thing is, take it for what you will, but Right before the clash on February 9th, right before Brad climbed into the race car, guess what? Uh, guess what owner he Rick was spotted on TV talking to? Rick Hendrick. Yeah, Rick Hendrick. And I mean, take it for what it is, but obviously, about a week later, that uh, that drunk Brian France, he's usually been pretty spot on with a lot of things he reports on Twitter, and he he tweeted within the next coming months, expect Hendrick to make an announcement that Brad Keselowski will take over the 48 car in 2021. Now, obviously, this was before everything happened with the coronavirus. And Jimmy Johnson has said if he has to, you know, he'll come back next year. But let's not forget as well the 88 car and the yeah, sponsorship the issue. already has hasn't been this year. So. Right. And see that? It, yeah, it already has a win. But let's face it, Dale, like Alex is not really bringing any sponsors to the table, whereas Brad has last year. He can't bring Miller Lite to the table. Yeah, Jimmy does decide. Well, no. Well, I mean, Miller Lite's pretty much done. I think that the 600 is going to be their last race regardless. Um, But like Reese Toe Power, I know that they were on Brad Keselowski's truck team. Auto Trader, they work closely with the Checkered Flag Foundation, get the names of the veterans on the cars. Who knows? Maybe Discount Tire. They've been very loyal to Brad. Maybe they could follow him wherever he goes. You never know. Don't you guys feel like that's a, a bad sign, though, that like major sponsors like Lowe's and Miller Lite that have, and Budweiser that have been mm-hmm. in the game for you know decades are no longer a part of it? Yeah, Budweiser left after 32 years in 2015. To me, that's that's a that's a bad signal that's going up with sponsors backing out left and right. I mean. Whether or not, Josh, as far, go ahead. Sorry, okay. Well, as far as I can remember, Miller Lite or, or the Miller brand itself, they've been full time. Well, they were full time, but they've been a part of the Cup Series since about 
1983. That's as far back as I can remember. Right. And to have just one race this year, I mean, granted, it's one of the biggest races of the season, but still, I mean, that just, to me, just yeah, doesn't, see, I never it's not a, not a good sign at all. He has one race this year. That That's crazy for me. But I don't know. Like, you know, you say like the sponsors leaving and everything like that. There's always going to be more opportunities for other sponsors to come in. So you can attract stuff. Who knows? Now, I did see an article yesterday where a bunch of these independently owned tracks like, uh, you know, Phoenix and and whatnot, they're laying off hundreds of employees due to the the shutdown. So that can't be good either. Yeah, that was actually uh, SMI. That's owned by Bruton Smith. I think it was like New Hampshire, Charlotte. And I think New Hampshire, in those places, it was like 180 employees. Right. And I know we're, you know, obviously concerned about Pocono coming up here in two months because we have tickets to go there. So that's going to be an interesting. To, to me, the telling sign was today when the PGA Tour announced, okay, we're going to come back June 11th, but we're not going to allow fans at the events for four four weeks to me that says no Pocono's probably not going to happen for fans what i was going to yeah. say is telling time telling Go ahead, for me was when trump said about uh august for fans and sports and stuff like that so to me i i have right. not thought pocono was going to happen for probably a couple of weeks now and i told you guys it's you know, you're, you're talking going to infield with about 100,000 people, and we've been there when there was 25,000 people in the infield, and how disgustingly dirty everything was. So, talk about uh, those same yeah. amount of people yeah. there for a week, more or less than a day. It, yeah, I'm not putting myself in that situation, so... Yeah, and especially when, you know, golf, which is obviously an open-air sport, puts it out there that they're not going to allow fans at events for a month is just, you know, that's a pretty telling sign right there. Yeah, for sure, Josh. And then the other thing was how Dr. Fauci, when he spoke the other day, saying that the only way for sports to resume as quickly as they can would have to be without fans. And he didn't really give any specific timeline as well. Who knows? The NFL could start without fans possibly. Well, and that's the problem. You got news, you know, today that two NFL players tested positive for the virus. So that's going to probably set it back even more. Von Miller of all people, one of the biggest names in the sport. Right. Right. was Brian Allen from the Rams. Yeah. An offensive lineman, but I mean, the more and more people that are testing positive for this that are in this sport are gonna, like I said, that's gonna push it back even further. These teams are talking right now about doing these virtual off-season activities. That's really all they could do right now. I know the the NFL said something about giving a fifteen hundred dollars stipend to each player that doesn't have a home gym to work out and stuff. But this, so wait, the reality the is just the times you live in nowadays. People that have a minimal salary of what two hundred fifty grand. Well, the team. Okay. The team has to provide it. I mean, obviously, obviously, guys oh. like uh, you know Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott that could afford that stuff aren't going to get it. It's like the guys on a first contract and that sort of stuff. 
Because they're not allowed at the team facilities, so. That makes sense. That's the other thing to think about, too. Like, millions of dollars. When the season starts, you know, get a home gym. Right. No, yeah, it's not like the stimulus check where everybody gets it. It's only the the players that that don't already have the stuff to use. So, Dale, do you still believe that Brad Keselowski is going to stay at Penske? Because I honestly Uh, don't think that there's any chance that happening now at this point. But I don't know. I just. It's tough to say with what options are available to him at this point. I don't see anywhere else, though. That, that's the hard part. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we talked about Hendrick Motorsports. And, you know, if, if Jimmy Johnson comes back, the only way would be if, if they had to kick Bowman out of the 88 car. But the other thing that I thought of, if Jimmy does come back, I think that there could be not one but – two seats open at Stuart Haas next year because Clint Boyer might retire. And let's face it, what exactly is there? That could very well happen. His career? Right. Have there been any, Jake, have there, has there been any contract talks lately with Brad and Penske or no? Well, when Brad talked at Phoenix, which was the last race we had, can you even believe that that was a month ago already? It's crazy. But when he talked to the media that Saturday, he said that him and him and Roger Penske, they weren't even close to getting a deal done. And he said that if another team came calling, that he would listen to them. Right. Hmm. I wonder what I wonder. There'd be an is, opening at Gibbs with the 20 car. Yeah. Cause yeah, Eric Jones, he has a contract one. here. If, if anything's going to happen with the 20 but at car, the same it's time, be, uh, Christopher Bell is going to be in that car and, you're just going to kick Jones no. to the side. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely have the feeling that I think there's a strong possibility Eric Jones won't be back next year because I think he only has, what, one top ten so far this year, and it was like a tenth. Yeah, and there's another guy that hasn't done too much in the last two seasons. No. No. I mean, his win at Darlington was impressive, but other than that, I mean – his one at Daytona, there was only like 14, 15 cars that? left that night. <laughs> right. You know, as we've become accustomed to. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the thing. Eric Almarola, I think he has a contract year as well. I think it's only like a one-year deal. And obviously Smithfield, like they're, they're going to follow him wherever. But obviously Smithfield, they're having some issues themselves right now. See, to me, Eric Almarola is like a backup quarterback. He's a guy that should be on like a – he should be driving like the 95 car. Yeah. I mean, that's to me, that's the kind of driver he is. He's not great, but he's not terrible. He's just like a, he's a good fill in. Yeah. He's the middle of the road. And that's the thing. His, his only two wins, like I said, Daytona where it rained and Talladega where Kurt Busch ran out of gas at the last corner. Now, granted, he, he put the 43 car on the map a lot more than Bubba has, but. Oh, for sure. <laughs> But then again, they were running Fords and Bub is running leftover RCR Chevys, you know. Right. That's the thing that really struck me by surprise the other couple of weeks ago, talking about Timmy Hill running those cars that are five years old already and 200 less horsepower at the racetracks. I'm like, wow, I didn't know it was that big of a difference. Yeah. That's insane. How, how, do you, how could you possibly compete with that? 
Yeah. There's no way. Yeah, you can't. I mean, just take the body style aside, like 200 less horsepower, that's not even a fair fight. No, that's bringing a knife to a gunfight. Exactly, right. You have no chance to even finish on the lead lap with a car like that. Yeah. And even at Daytona or Talladega, even a chance to stay with the pack for that matter. Right. That's the other thing, too, with these reduced packages. Like, I don't think they're providing as good a racing as NASCAR thought it would. Yeah, I, I can't stand them. I think that it's, you know, Brad Keselowski and Kyle Busch, they both sent a message out to everyone last January at Las Vegas Motor Speedway with the first test. And Brad said it right then and there, 550 horsepower package with, with all that downforce. He said it was going to make the racing worse and no, no one wanted to listen to him. It's almost like they said, well, we know we don't have so many drivers that could drive a challenging race car, so we're going to make the package easier for everybody to drive. Yeah, when he qualified at Texas Motor Speedway last November, he was going wide open his entire qualifying lap. He, he said it felt like he was driving a truck again. Yeah, see, that takes it out of the hands of the driver and yeah. doesn't really put much into it. Yeah, because I remember the next night we were we were at Riverside. It was you, me, and Timmy, and we had the TV on on or we had the race on on one of the TVs and all the other games. And they had they had an in car shot of Kevin Harvick who had like a five second lead at that point. And the one thing I noticed they they rode around an entire lap with him at Texas Motor Speedway. And granted, it was at night; the track was a lot faster. He was wide open the whole lap. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, I mean Dale. Anything else you want to add here? It's just crazy to think about that, but I don't know. I mean, if it's going to bring better racing, I'm I'm going to be for it. So, yeah, me too. So here, yeah. So the weird thing about the 550 package is, I know Brad talked about this last year. It seemed like the only time it made for good racing was when they raced at night. Right, Like when you think of it, like the Kansas race where he beat Bowman or the 600 a few weeks after that, or Kentucky when it was the two Bush brothers knocking the crap out of each other coming to the finish line. Those were really the only times that the 550 package put on a good race. I mean, Miami, Miami being the championship finale. Yeah, I know it's Miami, but that was the most boring championship finale I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I, I mean, other than like they do with the Super Bowls and alternate the final race of the season. Absolutely. I don't think it should be at the same track yeah. every year. Yeah, that's yeah. Joey Logano and Kevin Harvick, both of them have been saying that for years that they need to alternate. Can you imagine? And I know a season finale at Sonoma. Well, back in the early '80s, they used to have the season finale at Riverside, another road course out in California. That'd be crazy. And IndyCar, their finale was at Sonoma for a long time, the last few years. Can you imagine the strategies at a road course with the championship on the line? Yeah, and especially the whole trick of pitting right before the stage ends. Right. But then again, obviously, being a part of the championship four, you can't get stage points, so what does it really matter anyway? Right. Run the race backwards. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing. Who's one of the best crew chiefs at that, Josh? Paul Wolf. Yeah, Paul Wolf. And honestly, I think that was probably who knows when when Rick Hendrick probably first approached Brad about the 48 car. But I wonder if 
that moment that Roger made that decision to put Paul Wolf with Joey, I wonder if that was pretty much the beginning of the end right then and there as far as Brad's relationships with Joey and Roger. I'd be interested to see what Brad could do with Canals on the pit box. Yeah, yeah put him back on the 48. <laughs> that might be a pretty lethal yeah. combination there. It sure would, but I, I don't think Rick Hendrick is going to break up uh, Chad and Byron anytime no. soon. But they they do say that Cliff Daniels has like they, he almost resembles a younger Chad Knauss. I know Jimmy talked about that as well when he took over last year. He's got Jimmy running pretty well so far this year. Yeah, fifth in points. Who would have pictured that? Right. Yeah. But this reminds me, and I've said it before on our Daytona show, this reminds me of 2005 when DEI, for God knows whatever reason, when they decided to split up Dale Jr. and the Uries, and they paired Michael with Tony Uri Jr. and gave him his cars and his pit crew that he did so great with in 2004. And Jr. basically got all the crap that Michael had. And Michael was in a contract year just like Brad is, and it seemed like they're – their friendship and their relationship that year it really took a toll on both of them. Right. Yeah. Hmm. It reminds me of 2005 all over again. Yeah, and let's be honest, Brad hasn't really gotten off to the best of starts so far. No. I'm Well, I mean, he had a great car at Daytona, <laughs> and, of course, leave it up to Joey to ruin things like he did in the clash. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but – um. But that's the thing. Like, they went to Las Vegas, and this was a track that Brad and Paul dominated at for so many years, and he barely ran in the top 10, even the top 15 most of that day. And California, they were so far off the pace, and Phoenix was really the only race they've shown true speed this year. Yeah, I was interested to see what would have happened at Atlanta, where we know he's had a lot of success, but I think we didn't get that chance. No, we probably won't until July so 12th. That's what one of the schedule at all this year. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think that, sometime yeah. in June we're going to see sporting events resume with empty arenas and tracks and all that. That's what I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. I don't know about May. I was, I was hoping for May like a lot of people were, but I'm starting to think early June, possibly. As far as uh, basketball and hockey go, you might as well just take it right to the playoffs. Yeah, well, that's what they said, especially with the NHL, when you have 189 regular season games every year. I mean, it's obviously going to suck for sponsors and whatnot, but what are you going to do? I mean, realistically, the sport that's probably sitting the nicest right now, all things considered, is probably NASCAR. You have so many races and so much time in the year that you can get this done. I mean, baseball is probably in the same amount of – same boat when you think about it with NASCAR because, I mean, granted, they have 162 games, but who the hell needs 162 games? That's yeah. That's that's too many. If you think about it, this is a yeah. great time for NASCAR to experiment with the weekday race. I was just gonna say that, Josh. I'm looking forward to it. One the one schedule proposal. You've got four Wednesday night races in July. Supposedly, it will be Martinsville, Richmond, Kentucky, and Miami. I was just gonna say, even Absolutely. during football season, a Wednesday night race would be perfect. Yeah, for sure. Because I know Brad Keselowski, he's been pushing for it for years, the the Wednesday night races. And he said that's the thing. Like, once it's late June, early July, hockey's over, 
basketball's over. I mean, yeah, you got baseball, but really what do you what else do you have like on a Wednesday night? Honestly, if you're gonna as far as the Wednesday night goes, I'm just thinking like back to back in September, even during football season, Darlington and Bristol. Yeah. For and those, sure. Well don't if forget. you're not gonna alternate the the finishing tracks, those two should definitely be in the in the finalist. Yeah, and don't forget how Bristol for the longest time their truck race used to be on a Wednesday right. night. I mean, to me, to, honestly, if I'm picking my favorite race of the year on the schedule, it's always the August night race at Bristol. Yeah, I know Dale Jr., he gets asked this question time and time again on Twitter. Fans ask him all the time, I've, I've never been to a race. Like, what is the race I should go to? And every time he always tells them the night yeah. race at Bristol. And you could actually probably get tickets nowadays. Yeah, on like uh, – 2002 where you had to get them like six months in advance yeah i think sometime in june they'll get back to it but it's probably going to be without fans unfortunately yeah so the last pocono race i didn't attend you guys were just about ready to graduate from high school june 2003 wow yeah who won that race i was there tony stewart wow. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I. You were there. Yeah, I remember Bobby qualified really, really well, but I don't know what happened to him. I think he only finished like fifteenth or sixteenth or so. My first race was 06 when Denny got his first win. Yeah, and it was twenty degrees outside. Yeah, it was freezing that day, and I had shorts on. Yeah. My first. Yeah, my first Pocono race. Well, that my first Pocono race was July of two thousand and three. And the the crazy thing is, <laughs> Dale, you're going to love Bobby this. Bobby So and, it was late uh, in the race, Dale and I kid you not, guess who was running one, too? No, Dale Jr. and Michael Waltrip, they were running one, two. And Jr. had like, like a four or five second lead on Michael. And it looked like he pretty much had it Dale wrapped up. Jim. And guess who ended up blowing their engine and wrecking in turn two? Bobby Labonte. How about your favorite? So then, talk about irony, huh? I don't know. I don't have to ask ask Jake what his favorite Pocono race was because it's pick one from 2014. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, Kyle was with me at the June race, and Sean Rosansky and my dad, they were with me at the August race. And I had a summer class at Wilkes for both, thank God. I was there for both of them, unfortunately. Dale, were you there for either one of Dale Jr.'s Pocono wins? (laughs) (laughs) i would have to say my favorite pocono race was probably the harvick blaney battle oh that was great the i was in the grandstands and the place was absolutely rocking those last 10 or 11 laps that was a good one yeah yeah and that's the funny thing was sean rosansky was there with us that day and it was an hour before the race he was trying to get get a haircut for my dad (laughs) that doesn't surprise me (laughs) like yeah, we were so we were just about ready to walk into the track, and he says, to "My dad, he's like, Mister Heller, do you think that you can cut my hair?" My dad says, "What do you think this is? The race is an hour away. Pick up a rock." <laughs> so Sean picks up a rock, and he says, "He says, wow, this is shaped like the state of Tennessee." <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And the funny thing is, on YouTube earlier today, Pocono Raceway actually had the the race where Dale Jr. swept and held off Kevin Harvick. 
And I'll never forget Sean, that, that last lap, just yelling. Well, of course, I can't say the real words, but just yelling like, no way, you know. <laughs> How about the year when uh, Casey Kane was coming off a of turn three and spun out and hit the pit road wall? Yeah, dude, that was scary. That was really, really scary because I, I forget who it was. Someone on their radio said that their whole pit box, it was just nothing but like helmets and debris and things like that. And I remember they actually had to stop. It was only five laps in. They had to stop it for like half an hour just to fix the pit right. wall. The yeah. one I'll never forget was when Casey Kane hit all those trees and almost went out of the race. Yeah, he was airborne. And Billy Lawson was at that race with me, and I was getting a video of Denny's burnout. And Billy taps me on the shoulder, and he says, "He says, dude, there's a fight on pit road, and here it was the uh, Harvick and Logano." <laughs> that was when he was driving the nine car, still, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. That was actually one of his last races in the nine wow. car. But. Yeah, she that still was does. when uh, Joey made the comment that Delana wears wears a fire suit in the family. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's a career that I think kind of played out a little less than I expected with Casey Kane. Yeah, honestly, when he signed that contract with Hendrick, and I'm willing to admit it, I honestly thought that he he would have been capable of possibly winning a championship. Yeah. Because he took Kenny Francis over there with him, and Kenny was responsible for 98% of his success. And I still say to this day, that was a mistake Dale Jr. made when he went to Hendrick was taking Tony Urie Jr. with him. What's his breakdown of wins uh, as far as DEI versus Hendrick? So, yeah, so here's the ironic thing. So Dale Jr. won 26 races. And 17 of them were with DEI, oh, nine with Hendrick. That's crazy. It, and of those 17 wins, 15 of them were with Tony Uri Sr. Wow. Yeah. So the next closest as far as wins with, with a crew chief was uh, Steve Letarte with five. <laughs> yeah. Letarte's a good crew chief. I like him. Yeah. I, I loved his, his book. I got his book for my birthday last year it's called leading the way and it talks about the transition from when he went to jeff gordon's team over to work with dale jr and just how the two of them grew together and and also talking about the decision that he had to make at the end of 2013 to take the nbc job and leave the 88 i was just gonna say it and how hard that i think was. he's the best on nbc i like him yeah burton's obviously the worst i think that was I said Burton's obviously the worst. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you're Jeff Burton, it's like Kevin Harvick is the only car on the racetrack. (laughs) Seriously, I mean, that's the thing. I remember, I think it was that day we were at Riverside, and I said, let's take a tally of how many times Jeff Burton talks about Kevin Harvick. (laughs) And it was like well over 100. Well, Dale, I think we know who Don't even start on him. I think my job. He just started. That is it. <laughs> uh, now, let me ask you this. Who would you rather listen to, him or Kyle Penn? Oh, gosh. No, no. I'll take Dale Jarrett. Over Kyle <laughs> Dale Jarrett's a good, good analyst. He definitely got that from him. He tells it like it is. Yeah. Let's send it down to Chris Devota. 
<laughs> now, favorite uh, favorite analyst on Fox for me, it's easily Larry McReynolds. Uh, yeah. Although he's pretty unique in the sense that he really only talks well, about like job. as if he was the crew chief. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know, yeah. but I'm just saying like there's nobody else that does that. So it's hard to compare like him and Gordon, for example. Yeah. Gordon talks about the in-car stuff where Larry Mack's talking about the yeah, night time Gordon is the right no time. What the hell he's talking about half the time. In the trends of the race. <laughs> now, The one thing, the, the one thing, the one gripe, and I, and I know Dale Jr. is the same way with Alex Bowman, <laughs> but the one thing with Jeff is he, well, he focuses way too much on the Hendrick cars. Yeah. I don't think they have a choice. Well, yeah. Obviously, with Jeff being an owner of Hendrick Motorsports. But. But, yeah. So, Josh, in the last 10 spring races at Richmond. <laughs> I will say I do like how he translated, like, the racing trends down to the iRacing length. Yeah, that was awesome. That was impressive. That, that probably took a lot of work. Yeah, for sure. So, who are you guys picking for the iRace on Sunday? There's only, what, like 29 cars? So, wait, who all yeah, dropped out with uh, the Kyle Larson stuff? Uh, oh. So, Dale Jr. was actually going to be in it, but he dropped out, I think, McDowell, Stenhouse, and I think one or two other guys, but I forget who they are. I, I already I made sure I looked, and uh, Chastain's still in the six. Yeah. I'm going to go out and eliminate pick Harvick. I'll stick with my boy, Timmy Hill. Yeah, that would be awesome. Timmy Hill. First two-time winner. Yeah. Well, I think the first two-time winner is going to be uh, Sean's boy, Willie B. Woo! I'm not putting much into this iRacing stuff because they said Byron's got over a thousand races. I'm like, come on. Yeah, yeah Timmy Hill's done a bunch of them, too. To, uh, I think, what is the deal? He's won Tyler like 674 of them or something? 85% of his races? Uh, I think it's about 1,200. And he's won eight hundred and really some how many is he run on dude? both of his accounts? So he has two accounts that have both uh won about eighty five percent of the races. Damn. It's not a video game. Yeah. Why do you think they refuse to call it a video game? Let's be honest, well, I want to come over here let's and let's be honest. Huh? Actually, I do. All right. Yeah, I do. So, so Dale, you said that you did iRacing for, for quite a while. How long did you word, do it? And uh, I mean, tell us about the just, the success that you had in it. I have. I have. I, I've won on the road. <laughs> I've won on the ovals. And did you like win? That, but I haven't done it in about three years. Yeah. So, here's the thing, though. They go out. They... They basically yeah. scan the tracks, and any bump that's in there on the track is in there in the game. And 
they do the tire degradation, they do the the yeah. gas stuff, they do all that stuff. So it's not like a video game where you would go out and you would just pick up and you could do this on a controller, you could do it on anything else. You can do a controller with iRacing, but you have no control of the car if you do that. But Yeah, I remember the exact moment they started doing that, and it was uh, in 2011 with NASCAR the game. Well, not iRacing, iRacing but I mean like scanning the tracks and, and stuff like that. And actually scan the tracks. So, like, if you're talking about like NASCAR 2011 or something like that, they may have done uh, an exact representation of the track, but they have never put every single bump that is there in the track into the game. No. Yeah, see, I thought in 2011 they did that for that game. And Dale, while we're talking about scanning tracks, did you guys know uh, that you're the, probably the top track about, that's going to be available uh, on iRacing come June? Is it? North Wilkesboro? I know your boy sure is, buddy. led that one. Good stuff. Yeah, he did. He went, him and a couple guys, they went up there about a week or two before Christmas and scanned the whole track. And he, I think he tweeted yesterday that it should be available sometime in early June. I'll tell you what, I really, I really wish if I could go back in time and go to one racetrack, I right, probably so the, it would be North Wilkesboro. And I'll download North So it sounds like Zeke is a guest on the show, huh, Josh? Yeah, apparently. I don't know what the hell he's barking at. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Dale. I, I missed that last part because uh, the dog. What were you saying? Come over and you can try it. It's going to cost me a couple bucks, but that's about all. Nice. Yeah, Dale's going to set up a rig. No, Jay Connor and I were talking about it in the woods the other day, and both of us do this stuff. So, going to build a computer for Brandon and Steve, like you were talking about. So, it's going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I noticed he he was in one the other day. I followed him on Twitter. I noticed that he does some modified races on iRacing. Yeah, Watkins. Yeah. yeah, weren't they racing at what was it like Watkins Glen or something? 